Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast with Jack Encarnacio and J.P. Sorrow. Back, the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast, the 1997 WCW Fall Brawl, our very first war games here in that TLF yeah. boss, and it's the Horsemen versus the new, 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 new world order. New, 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 new world order. Um, yeah, this is a the show opens with like I think what you were talking about, Flair challenging the NW to war games. The the whole all these promos they they show the uh, the um. NWO in their in their in their uh, costumes mimicking Arn Anderson like you yep. like you said, and then you got Flair challenging the NWO to war games. He challenges. He wants Conan and Six. I mean, what? A, I mean, come on. You couldn't get any other any other better member than these two ass clowns. Well, I mean, Sans Hogan. You got Hall in the tag match. That's true. And Savage. That's about the. The extent of what? it, you know, they were trying to bring new guys up. They thought Buff had main event potential. Um, this was kind of his first brush with the main event of a WCW card after all those years working for them. Fluff bag fail. Yeah, <laughs> I can't argue with you there. Uh, Jesus, he had what? a very inopportune injury. You got to give that to him. You know, Why? what what was wrong with him? Well, uh, on addition of Thunder in April '98, Steiner Rick comes off the top with the Bulldog, kind of passes Steiner, by Steiner Rick. Rick Steiner, Steiner right? Rick. I want to be clear on which Steiner I meant. Steiner Rick. Um, comes off the top of the bulldog, misses uh, Bagwell's head, kind of overshoots him, and Bagwell falls down forehead first into his side and breaks his neck. Good. Hmm. Well, that's not good. Very nice. That's not very nice. So he, he goes into a wheelchair. You know Watching him isn't very nice. And he makes a miraculous recovery, and then they turn him heel. Because <laughs> you know he's not a sympathetic babyface. Wait, ninety-eight right? or ninety-seven? Ninety-eight. Yeah. Because after, after this. So after this, yes, after so this. they turned him heel again. They did. He was a heel when he broke his, his neck in that match, and uh, when he came back, he was taking off with the vicious and delicious tag team with Scott Norton and himself as kind of the uh, peripheral NWO members. But here, given a chance to uh, share the spotlight with the big boys and do the two sweet hand gesture, was this his only main event appearance? Yes. Good. Mm-hmm. As far as pay per view. God, you know it's funny. I liked him as Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Yeah, I liked him as that. I thought he was good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed him. I thought I thought he. But then then this this buff shit mm-hmm. made so, me miserable. Are you trying to say he's buff? He wasn't the stuff, and JP just about had enough. 
Oh, I had enough. Okay. I had enough with his fluff. We'll put you in that category. And Conan, you know, who uh, always was around, massive superstar in Mexico, and uh, after they kind of had a babyface run with him. WCW. Yeah, I think all told, you know, kind of a, a moderate success in some ways. He got a pretty strong and heavy push in the beginning as U.S. champ, working flair and stuff, but um, after they turned him heel... Um, you know, he had a role, great talker, had the Olale thing over, Arriba La Raza thing over, but he had always ended up just being kind of like the leader of the luchadors on the roster, not as his own breakout star, though he did get over on promos, and he did have a pretty prominent role in the organization, as indicated here. Yeah. Um, that is the story. So we start with a, a great uh, purple cannon that they generated in the graphics room, in the Chiron yeah. room over at Turner. Pointed my way, it blasts off, and Tony Schiavone welcomes us to Winston-Salem. Terrorism is what it is. <laughs> we're not only ready for that, we're ready for war. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Pyro, uh, they've been lining up for the last remaining tickets all day long, they inform us, as uh, Mike uh, Tanay, Tony Schiavone, and Bobby Heenan welcome us to the broadcast. What a team. What a, I know, what a, seriously. Also, weirdly enough, in this show, there is a, a rotating door of announcers. Yes. They kind of come and go as they please. They had the thing with Mike Tenay where he would come in for matches involving Japanese and Mexican wrestlers because he had... Well, the, li- the cruiserweights, too. Right, right, which is kind of essentially the same thing, though they do bring him in later for the Ultimate Dragon Alex Wright TV title match, but Dragon, of course, uh, broke into WCW as a cruiserweight because um, he had that, you know, he had the knowledge of the history and he knew what to, uh, the moves right. were called and stuff. So, um, so he would kind of rotate in and out of the booth around this time in WCW as the professor. And the color spot... Usually on pay-per-view was Dusty Rhodes, but because yep. um, the Scott Hall, Larry Zbysko angle was starting to catch fire, um, as he would kind of run down Hall on commentary, um, he made a, a guest appearance on this Fall Brawl pay-per-view in the booth, and it led to a really hot angle later in the show with Scott Hall. Oh, build, great stuff. Yes, building to an eventual match between the two. So uh, Larry Zbysko, uh, one of the more over faces on the whole roster at this point in time in WCW, Crazy. if you can believe it. Yep. And... Um, so well, when uh, you have that kind of legendary guy. I mean, it's like it's like King doing a match, sure. it's like Lawler, you know, doing a match. Um, well, we're not too far away. I mean, even though he's a heel in the announce booth, like Zabisco kind of was as well, um, except when he was directing his uh, ire at the NWO. You, you didn't tell me if JBL in two weeks rises up from the announce booth and starts kicking ass, you know, because yeah. somebody somebody just got under his skin the wrong way that people wouldn't go crazy. That's yeah. like guaranteed pop in wrestling. It's like when because you you kind of have like. There's an odd respect. That's right for the guy now, even right. if he is a, a, a scoundrel. Mm-hmm. And they love the idea that just under the surface is a guy who still wants to kick ass, and it comes yeah. out. And it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you don't fuck with me, fuckers. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> Heenan uh, is okay. listing the, the members of the War Games teams. Um, on camera, and you could tell right before every name, he has to glimpse, glimpse down at his notes. You know, you can just remember he's in the match. You know, you can just tell, man, how dialed he, out he is. Heenan, the, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, what I've noticed again, watching the Nitros after the NWO angle, mm-hmm. his whole demeanor changed or began to change. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, like. I don't know. I don't know if the if it's if, if the dialed out, if it was just a coincidence or not. But he's much more serious. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play the 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 heel color guy anymore. He doesn't he's, play much at all. He's not playful he at all. He's not. He plays everything very straight. 
It's very straight. And he does that. He started doing that on Nitro. Yep. You know, after the NWO happened. I don't know if he was displeased with it or if he was playing or if he decided to change the character because, you know, the heels are the NWO guys and WCW is supposed to be afraid of the NWO or, right. or dislikes the NWO, you know. So it was very interesting. This is really the, the turning point because before that, Heenan was Heenan. You know, I mean, we talked about about how Heenan wasn't Heenan in WCW, but Heenan's been Heenan up until up until Bash at the Beach '96. Yeah, that's it's true. The NWO did mark the the real tone change. It's just that his material was somewhat less inspired prior to that in the WCW booth, but still, he had sure. some quips. You can count on him to say some things. And he was pretty sharp on Nitro. Pretty sharp on Nitro. Sure, right. sure. Uh, the show, by the way, drew um, eleven thousand nine three nine. Uh, 11,024 paid and 213,330 dollars at the gate, which was a bit up from the prior year's War Games in the same building, but a much higher gross due to uh, increased ticket prices. The prior year's Fall Brawl, by the way, had seen um, Sting in his last appearance as kind of a, a tried and true WCW soldier walk yeah. out on his team, feeling betrayed. And the next time we'd see him would be in the crow paint, and it continues even a year later. That's right. It makes you think that a year-long storyline actually works, boss. What do you know? Ah. Uh... Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, Five, two months is enough. You you, you can't pe- people don't have the attention span that they used to. You don't understand that people just don't people can't think that long. We got two it's rings. Possible. We got two rings set up, boss. How does it, it feel? It took a while to use. I love it. Yes. It took them a while to to <laughs> use the two rings. Right. That's true. You know. Even though like, they rotate, it's interesting. Like that. first match is going to be in the left yeah. ring, second yeah. match is going to be in the right ring. Interesting. Why? Well, you, you got to warm up the rings. Okay. <laughs> I the guarantee you, someone in the back came up with some bullshit about that, <laughs> about how you have to actually balance out the chi, right? Otherwise, people will just keep staring at that one ring. And we don't want that the whole That's, time. Then they'll They're be too- all God. Then they'll be all pissed off when they have to watch two rings later. <laughs> So we open up with a great match. Um, okay. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Jericho comes in as title holder. I would like to, um, you know, as if we need any more kind of uh, stalling before mm. before we get into the show. But since it's Jericho, I figure it, was, I figure it would be uh, fitting. Um, so I listened to... Uh, 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 you know, it doesn't have anything to do with Fall Brawl, mm-hmm. but uh, it has to do with Jericho. And so I, I recently, over the last uh, day or so, listened to Jericho's interview on his podcast with Natty Neidhart and Tyson Kidd. And they share some of the funniest fucking stories about the Hart family. Yes. Two of which, have you heard it? Did you hear it? I have not heard it. Hello? I have not oh, heard, heard it. it. Okay. You have not heard it. Good. No. Good. You'll want to after this. Mm. About uh, uh, two stories that have to do with my good, personal, longtime friend, Bruce the Deuce Hart. <laughs> so apparently, Bruce was the best man in Owen's wedding. And the day before the wedding, Bruce was just jawjacking to Dynamite Kid. 
And Dynamite was just fucking pissed. Dynamite was pissed because Bruce just I, 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 apparently Bruce is, has a, a a fucking mouth. Yeah, and, it's belligerent. He gets really like you know he thinks he knows everything. Yeah, and he's a fucking douchebag. Like I like like I've always said. <laughs> and Dynamite became my hero because Dynamite fucking slugs Bruce and breaks his jaw. <laughs> he breaks Bruce's jaw a day before. He was supposed to be the best man, and he was. He ended up. He went to the wedding, and I guess they said something like, "He, um, <laughs> he, 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 he wasn't smiling in any, any of the pictures because he couldn't. <laughs> he, lost he, he lost his smile because he lost his smile because he got because dynamite blew up his jaw. Um, and apparently, I learned that Smith Hart, the eldest of the Hart siblings, is insane, <laughs> like literally insane, like." Uh, apparently one time he he gathered he, he, he the hard house is very weird mm. it seems like that 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 fucking compound up there it seems so bizarre actually kind of makes me, i kind of feel like oh my god it seems like it'd be so much fun i know to be friends with them like i i got this idea like, Stu apparently put he built a ring every summer mm-hmm. like there's a ring that yep. was outside right. and you could just fucking wrestle and Tyson Kidd was talking about 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 wrestling and how he and um, and Harry and 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 Teddy Hart would would have these matches and stuff. Uh, actually, one story too that had nothing that had nothing to do with the the Hearts, but I guess they wrestled on a show in Canada when they were like sixteen years old. Yeah, in WWE, Fair. like they they allowed it and they had a five minute match, and it was crazy. Like that's amazing. One star for every minute. You're damn right. And um, but I guess I guess Stu kept the kept the doors open, like he just always believed that, you know, if you because uh, he, he was I didn't know he was homeless for a while, mm. and so I he was I guess really gracious that he ended up getting all that he had, and so he had this idea of something like you know if people come into my house they're welcome, you know if you really want to come in my house you're more than welcome. Wow, no locks on the doors. Always open. We should have just but walked I, in. I know, right? We could have. Come on. We could have walked in. Anyway, so Smith Hart, he's insane. So one time, Smith, I guess, was outside, and down the street, there was a dead pheasant. And he found the pheasant, and he picked it up, and he brought it back in the house, and attempted to serve it at their like Sunday dinner. <laughs> Like he cooked it, he took all the feathers off, and oh. he was trying to make Stu eat this fucking bird. Roadkill, roadkill <laughs> for Sunday dinner. Like they're animals, these people. <laughs> the, the hearts are animals. Roadkills and uh, C. W. Anderson for a side. <laughs> and so this is talking about ro- talking about hog or road wild. Jesus Christ! Yeah, pheasant wild. Roadkill wild. Foul wild. That was a foul ball. No harm, no foul in the hard household. Fouled out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I guess uh, 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 Natty tells a story too about. I love. I'm getting this whole recap of Jericho's podcast on our podcast. It happens. Uh, um, so I guess Stu kept only one picture in his wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, not his family. Wasn't his wife. Wasn't a father or anything. Wasn't his grandkids. Nothing. It was a picture of a guy named, like, I think it was Luther Lindsay or Linsky. Yep. Lindsay, yep. 
Lindsay. And you know who he was? He was pretty much the first uh, black champion in American pro wrestling. Uh huh. Uh huh. But he was the he and he, he was like, and I guess he was a, he was a legit shoot fighter. That's what they, that's what they, that's what ah. Natty said. And apparently, he is the only person to legitimately make Stu tap. Wow. So he's got his picture in his wallet because he made yep. him tap. Yep. It was a that double was. wrist lock. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I keep this fucking guy in my pocket because he, he made me tap. He's more important to me than my family. He says to his I was good. <laughs> At the dinner table. Oh. You know, you got the fucking man in your fucking pocket, Stu. I'm your wife. I had to fucking... I'm your hero, not this guy who made you tap. I punched out all these goddamn kids out of my vagina. 1,800 kids. I'm your hero, Stu. I'm your fucking hero. You fat tub of shit. Well, uh, you're Luther Lindsay? Uh, I don't understand. I didn't I didn't marry Luther Lindsay. What are you? What? Are you, what? I didn't marry Lindsay at you? all. I married Helen. Who are you? Emphasis on hell. More like Helen wheels. More, more like... Instead of hell in, more like in hell. <laughs> Put the E-N in front of hell. You got my exact opinion of her. You, you, you dumb broad. <laughs> Don't you start. Don't you start. You foul-mouthed fucking bitch of a man. <laughs> I'll make you tap, son. <laughs> nice. So, so anyway, is that all Jericho had so, for us? No, there, there's a couple more. There's two more. Uh, this, this one was great. So uh, when uh, so they were going to tear down the the heart house, yeah. and uh, when when Jericho got word of that, he he went to visit the house. He didn't know that the doors were always open, but apparently he knocked on the door, and it just opened, <laughs> like, <laughs> like 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 in a horror movie. It just gave. Yeah. And so <laughs> Jericho starts walking around and he makes his way down. He's just walking around the house like wow. nobody's there. Wow. He's like looking for people like Huge. where is anybody there? And 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 so he goes down and he and ends up making his way down. I, I think he said it was on his way down into the dungeon. And and he says it's like a fucking horror movie. And then all of a sudden. Like he hears somebody walking. And he sees this giant shadow oh. of a man, oh. and he thinks it's like Leatherface from oh, yeah. from uh, 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 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and he's just horrified. Like you know, you know that feeling when you know it feels like it's it's like twenty minutes, but it's really two seconds. Yep. And then this this giant behemoth throws something at Jericho, and he said he's on the podcast and he thought it was like a head or something. Well, apparently it was a bunch of stinky sheets, and Jericho realized that this giant fat guy of a man is Smith Hart, <laughs> and Smith Hart yells down at Jericho, cat pissed on the sheets again, <laughs> just walks away. <laughs> he just walks away. <laughs> Well, you know, Jericho stops in your by. house. Jericho stops by every now and then. 
Oh my god. Cat pissed on the sheets again. Thanks, Smith. Jesus. And then finally, the second Bruce story. In discussing the match at the mm-hmm. Mains 26. You heard that? I've heard of we, it. I've heard the we, story. Okay. I've read so about Vince, what he said. So Vince, and I guess, I guess Vince loves the Hart family because he knows they all bicker. Mm-hmm. And they all are always fighting. Mm-hmm. And so he gets a charge out of yeah, it. Yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. What have we learned if not that about Vince? He wants to ruin this family. <laughs> I want to fucking... I want to destroy the hearts. Well, he got it done as far as I can tell. They think they're so fucking high and mighty. I want to tear them apart from the inside. Yes. Patterson. I want to tear the hearts apart from the inside. You dig that? <laughs> okay, Vince, we'll get right to work on that. So so Vince is 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 in the back with them, you know, and they're laying he's laying out the match. This is the first time I guess the hearts had all been together since um sure. uh I think since Helen's funeral. Wow. Was she dead? She was dead by the yeah, she was yes. way dead by that point. Um she died last, right? Stu first, then Helen? Yes. Yeah. All right. I think I think Natty said that it was since since Helen's death. So, uh, uh, um, Vince is laying out the match, and Bruce interrupts. Ugh. Bruce interrupts, Ugh. and he says that Brett should juice. He needs to bleed, despite Vince already saying that Brett can't take any blows to the head. Mm. Vince said this. Mm. But he, but Bruce, I think Bruce should, I think Brett should, you know, I think Brett should be bleeding. Oh my God. And then he says, then he suggests that Batista should come out and interfere. <laughs> and then Triple H should come out yeah. and interfere. My, Bruce, Bruce is trying to book the territory. You're damn right. He tries to take over the meeting. He's a, he's a walking failure. That's right. He's the most, dis- Bruce, Bruce. If I could, I'd kill you right now. You're a worthless shit. A worthless shit. When I have diarrhea, I feel better than when I'm looking at you right now. I'd rather squirts just come out of my fucking asshole than have you as my son. An eternity of diarrhea. Painful. (laughs) Hot diarrhea. <laughs> I'd rather have that than have you as part of my family. Love you too. Or Mom. alive. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Kill yourself. Kill yourself, and I'll have a Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Dumb bitch. So Vince tries to continue with the booking of the match. Bruce interrupts him again. Oh. Says, "Yeah, to get some steam, you got to have Brett bleeding." Will you stop then tri- being a... <laughs> then Triple H and Sean come down. And this way, this way, you can set up SummerSlam. Oh, my God. Sean and Brett versus Vince and Triple H. He's looking for the next payday. He's looking for that contract. Oh, my God. Vince and the family, they <laughs> fucking finally tell Bruce to shut the fuck up. You're, sh- you're a fucking idiot. I think you're <laughs> scum. The only reason you're here is because you have that goddamn last name and you're related to this fucker that I screwed, you know, fucking 13 years ago. Don't talk to me. 
don't talk at all, or I'll have you killed right now. <laughs> I will fucking kill you with my bare goddamn hand. <laughs> such a direct threat. It's such a direct threat. I will squeeze. I will use my hands yep. to squeeze your throat so hard that it'll pop your goddamn head off and your neck will become a fountain of blood. <laughs> I've done it before and I'll do it right here. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so he stops talking out loud. But he starts whispering loudly to Keith that oh Brett should bleed. Oh my god. And then Bruce decides for the first time in his life, he's supposed to wear, he's supposed to, he ends up doing it, but he decides for the first time in his life, and I think I made note of this, that he's not going to wear a blazer. Mm. The guy wears a blazer to go to fucking bed. <laughs> he wears a blazer to fuck prostitutes. <laughs> but because, and, 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 and Tyson Kidd confirmed this pretty much, because <laughs> someone told him to wear the I'm not going to wear a fucking blazer. No way. Nope. No way. Yeah. Kill me too. I'm not going and, 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 and Triple H even said he was in the gorilla position at the time of the match. And he says, where's your blazer? I'm not wearing my blazer. I decided I didn't want to do it. Fuck you. You're wearing a blazer. And I guess they took Kidman. Kidman had a blazer. They took it right off him? They took it right off Kidman and put it on Bros. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a carnival. Well, what a buffoon. It's always it's always fun when you invite Bruce to any party. I, I guess we can discern that if nothing else. No, it's miserable. It's miserable. I'd rather jump into hot lava. But thanks to Chris Jericho for bringing it to us, oh, nonetheless. So great. I love it. I love. Uh, I love that. Literally, my hatred of Bruce has some justification from within the family. From within the family, that That's he right. is a fucking douchebag. Fantastic. And once again, anyway. the the lapsed fan outlook. Uh, proves to be disturbingly close to the truth, even though it sounds like complete off-the-wall, outlandish no, lampooning. You're a douchebag, douche Bruce. <laughs> you're, a big, you're a big bag of sweaty douche. <laughs> uh, what, a, what a mom. Mother of the year. And uh, anyway, speaking of Jericho... We should start the match. Let's go right. the show. It's been two hours. Let's go back to the pre-Monday uh, Night Jericho uh, Smarmy heel version of Y two J. Sort of, mm. sort of. Because mm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard his WWE theme song. Oh my god! Playing underneath the commentary they team. Could not do his WWE theme song, uh, which apparently was some kind of trademarked tune, because they play "Break the Walls Down" on the '97 Fall Brawl broadcast two years before the song was even mixed. Yes, they do. So that's bizarre. Another weird one, and this is actually an of-the-time snafu. Eddie Guerrero's coming down the ring. What does this Chiron say, his graphic? Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat. Yep, they cue up the Harlem Heat graphic for the bottom of the screen. You know what I noticed about WCW theme songs? I don't know if I mentioned this mm. before on a mm. WCW show, but for the most part, they are just uber-generic. Yes. Only the a select handful of them really stand out. Are distinctive. Like you could hum along NWO, obviously. Man called Sting is a gem. Mm -hmm. um, Horseman. Yeah. But like so much of them are this like generic guitar rock music. And it's coming back to me too. A lot of them are pop songs in reverse. 
So they took Nirvana's "Smell Like Teen Spirit" mm, and they played that's it. Right, you mentioned that backwards for DDP, and I'm remembering now. You know, what Chris Jericho's was uh, was Pearl Jam, and what was the song? The song that starts feeling that song is his WCW entrance theme in mm. reverse. So there you go. I guess they mm. felt that that um, hewed too closely to copyrighted music to play on the network. And DDP later comes out too. I'm, I mean, they're just lucky they had clean commentary. I know, because it, it sounds seamless from a commentary perspective. It Some does. other shows you'll listen to, the announcers just totally drop off, like yep. Starcade 85. And like um, uh, uh, International Incident, when sure. Hogs music just, you know, they just, no commentary. So Eddie is shredded um, at this point in time, and he had just made the turn to heel. And it really hit me in the face how amazing of a difference it made just to go greasy on the hair. And to not wear that fucking that, the onesie. The singlet, right? The onesie. Uh-huh. Yes, that's true, too, to drop the, to drop the straps on the singlet. And just to go with the greasy hair and just wear a scowl on his face. And yep. this was the transition. Yep. This is where Eddie Guerrero's personality uh, truly started to shine through. Of course, always a fantastic worker. Um, and WCW brought in kind of like a, you know, uh, a pure white baby face, kind of, you know, hardworking in-ring baby face without a lot of character and a dry, out-of-date mullet. And... Um, which he wore for years. For years. So here uh, in 97, he had just turned the corner, just started, um, you know, carrying a cocky look about him, changed his look up a little bit, and was was really on the way to being one of the top stars in the industry. And it, you see the, the beginning of it sprouting. He wins the title here, goes on to have an out-of-this-world match with Rey Mysterio the next month at Halloween Havoc 97. And um, that's kind of like the first, you know, glimpse of Guerrero breaking through is not just yeah. uh, one of the premier in-ring performers in the business, but really one of the complete all-around performers in the business. Absolutely. Yep, you can see it here. And uh, Jericho, um, by contrast, kind of a, you know, what kind of on the surface, smiling baby face, striving uh, with an 80s rock star look against the... Uh, the heelish antics of an Eddie Guerrero. And these two had so much in-ring familiarity with each other, traveled the roads for so long, knew each other so well, and had a great match here. Um, Tenacious Jericho is was going to Japan the next week to face Jushin Thunder Liger for the J-Crown belt. And uh, Heenan says he'll never make it through the metal detector with all that hardware. <laughs> of course, the J-Crown belt being an eight-belt eight, eight title. Uh, Eddie Sucks Chance breakout. The Eddie Sucks Chance started... Very quickly, when he turned heel and turned the corner in his persona back here in '97. What did he do? What? How did he turn heel? He just started um, wearing his hair greasy and like you know wearing a like a look on his face, like he was always pissed off. He didn't really cheat in his matches or anything. It's not like he all he of a sudden. Didn't cheat or steal? No, and I don't really unless I'm not remembering. He didn't really blindside a babyface to announce his heel turn. There wasn't like an angle, like a turn angle. It was just all of a sudden he started being more dis disaffected and, uh, you know, um, just, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, you know, kind of like, uh, underwhelmed by yeah. the whole thing, you know, like I'm too cool for school kind of a thing. Yeah. And, uh, and it started, it worked really well for him. Um, so they lock up arm drag. So awesome. Eddie simply, uh, gets up, walks purposefully over to Randy Anderson, the ref and says, he pulled my hair. Like, keep pulled my hair. Like, all right, all right, fine. You know what? You didn't see it, ref, but I'm going to walk right up to you. He pulled my hair. That was bullshit. Just his body language is tremendous. Uh, again, off the head scissor takedown, Eddie drops to the mat to signal how uh, Jericho grabbed his hair while his head was between his legs. I'm having a lot of fun out there. And holy shit, boss, does Eddie bump off a shoulder tackle? Totally does. Like, he hits hard. Like, he just bounced off a trampoline, flat back. Like, crazy. 
heavy and European like, uppercuts. You know, he's here to work. How much is clear here? Fall brawl. Heavy European uppercuts, chops he's in the corner by Eddie. He's, he's like one of those guys outside of uh, outside of Home Depot. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. He'll work. He's he's looking for day, looking for day labor in the <laughs> ring. That's right. <laughs> we'll work in the ring. We'll we'll work. work we'll work to draw. <laughs> well, I like that guy. He's, he's a you see that he's got a sign there. There's coming from Home Depot. <laughs> Vince announces, says he'll work to draw. <laughs> Linda, go pick him up. Linda has to go get him. Linda, stop driving the car. Get out and go get him. <laughs> stop it. Just stop being a bitch. <laughs> stop the car. Stop driving. Yes. Get out and bring that guy. He's going to work to draw. And the rest is history. The radicals are formed. There it is. Vince gets hip to Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> he loses his job in WCW and immediately is outside of Home Depot, living a stereotype. Uh, so there's a heavy European uppercuts, chops in the corner by Eddie. Jericho answers with arm drags. Yeah. All very intense and crisp here. Um, Mike there's today, a great sequence uh, that I really loved where they they keep trading Maestral Cradles. Yes. Where uh, uh, and Jericho finally gets the better of it with a with a with a two count, but I loved, I just loved them, just countering each other, just constantly countering each other. Catch as catch can. That's right. Tanae says there's been a lot of title changes in WCW lately, and if you look at the title history, my God, every week they change a belt. Um, And he points to the inexperience of all the guys challenging for the belt, such that the belt goes around like a hot potato. Tanae always tried extra hard to come up with logical explanations for... for uh, him. Yeah, absolutely. I hated his voice. It just sucks. I hated his voice. Can't deal with the voice. It's an acquired taste, perhaps. Uh, Yeah, I I didn't like it. Heenan says um, a lot of people want to win a lot of matches real quick here because this is a big time for WCW. Everybody wants to be stars. And in that uh, abundance, in that uh, over-enthusiasm, in that exuberance, they... uh, Trade titles and lose titles very quickly. Um, so that's what's going on. Jericho uh, with an arm bar. Hilarious. I love, that killed me. Oh. That made me laugh so hard. If you know like arm a... Arm bar. Oh. If you know an arm bar, you, you, know, you put a leg across the face, one across the chest, put the arm in between your legs, get that shoulder, that pardon me, that elbow right across your crotch area, and you push up on your crotch, and you hyperextend the elbow, Jericho has got the arm in position, but instead of putting his legs across the face and chest, he puts the bottom of his foot on Eddie's side of his head, and the bottom of the other foot on his rib cage. Like, he's going to try to rip his arm off the end, like... Arm rip. Arm <laughs> that's right. Arm rip attempt. Uh, <laughs> so, um... Yeah, today, um, Tony calls it a submission type hold here. Oh, Jesus Christ. I have to say he's right. Um... <laughs> You're you're a commentator type, right? Exactly. Right. You're not a commentator quite. You're a commentator type. Fans that time, <laughs> as we'll talk he about. He says fans quite a few times in this, and it drives me nuts. Bobby Heenan says Huna Kunrana. <laughs> he did. I didn't hear that. He's having fun. Oh my God, Huna Kunrana. Jericho catches Guerrero running, launches him with a hot shot across the top rope. Then hits that was crazy. Beautiful soaring lion salt for two. But like, but but I mean, Eddie got air. Yes. Like, do you remember when air. he used to get air on those instead of like oh. just immediately flip onto his hands? Crazy shit. 
like, like he does he today with Lance Hall. Air. Yes, awesome stuff. And then there was uh, he started uh, um um a short while after the lion assault, Jericho gets draped over the second rope, mm-hmm. and Eddie drop kicks Jericho in the back. Yes, brutal, mm-hmm. brutal shit. When uh, he gets goes throat first across the top steel cable, as Tanay says, he would always call the WCW rope steel cables. Um, Heenan and Tony, not to be outdone, compare that hot shot spot to basically falling off a building and landing with your neck on something. They both name buildings that it's like falling off of, like, including the arena they're wrestling in that night. Like falling off the Twin Towers. <laughs> right. They can thrown off the Empire State Building that time. If you, if you fell off the Empire State Building and your throat hit um, a steel cable, you would lose your head. So it's nothing like that <laughs> at all. Classic Guerrero belly to back suplex up and pulls him down real quick. Mexican mm-hmm. surfboard or La Tapatia, as they mention. That's a um, that is a a type of hot sauce. Do you La want my La Tapatia story? Yes, I do. So back then, of course, all the rage was ECW breaking tables. You know, you give him a German suplex, fine, but what if you gave him a German suplex through a table? What if he did it on a chair or through yep. a chair or on a yep. stage or through a – so, you, you know, your mind goes to these extreme stunt ma- stunt spots and matches all the time. And I had just become familiar with the King of the Death match tournament and the, the Cactus Jack, Terry Funk matches where um, they had exploding barbed wire boards like literal sure. seafloor explosives they'd land on and they would blow up in the ring. And so I started, like, taking my mind to the most extreme places. And so instead of suplex on a chair, I think <laughs> – Suplex on a bomb. <laughs> They'll be playing with the figures and they do a power bomb or, or suplex or spotty. It'd be a power bomb indeed. On a bomb. And so when the guy would hit the mat, I'd literally go. <laughs> and because that was extreme. And oh my God. for some reason, I started thinking like the most kind of like mundane, basic moves on a bomb <laughs> was hilarious. Like an arm drag onto a bomb. <laughs> Like, and then I thought, Latapatia on a bomb. Latapatia on a bomb. Where he's he's got the legs on top of the legs, he's got the arms pulled back, and he's about to bridge back, but he bridges back onto a bomb <laughs> and blows himself up. Jesus Christ, that's Cause amazing. Because it's a death match. So. Oh, Latapatia death match. So that's what I think of, Latapatia on um, a bomb. If that doesn't sound like a fancy drink awesome. at a hotel oh, bar, I don't know right? what it does. I think I had one of those yesterday. Um, so, so like you said, uh, 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 he gets him in the surfboard. Tanay calls it La Tapatia. And Jer- I mean, uh, Heenan comments on Jericho's face. He says, it looks like he's got beer face. This hold may even be more effective than that upside-down surfboard, La Tapatia, that it looked like he was going to try and put on Jericho. Jericho looks like he got a beer face. <laughs> That's a good one. I missed it. Yeah, that's funny. He does have this huge bug-eyed look on his face. Oh, I know. His face is like beet red. Looks like uh, looks like Nash when we met him at uh, at the getting our Rumble tickets in two thousand three. Like six in the morning. Uh. Classic outside-in headbutt on the slingshot from Eddie Guerrero. Tony calls Sh- it one of his premier maneuvers. I actually like that. It is. Uh, Shivani also calls Jericho a determined young man. <laughs> <laughs> Gory is special applied by uh, Eddie Guerrero and a nod to uh, Gory Guerrero. Uh, Jericho reverses with one of his own, and then I didn't up. realize that that was his that that was 
named after somebody. I was oh, like the gory, the special. gory special. Oh, I thought it was so like gory, like a but <laughs> like it makes you bleed or something. Like your <laughs> eyes pop out. G O R Y. Yeah, as well. opposed to G O R I. So he goes up to the shoulders and plants Guerrero on his face. The crowd and the announcers are so into this match, you know. Yes. And I always remember at this point, WCW, how much more enjoyable these guys were than who was on top. And it's like nobody denied it. Like the crowd popped louder for their matches. The announcers were more into the give and take, and it was like. It, it was clear that work rate was winning the day, you know, as far as engaging the fans and making for exciting moments. But still, well, it was they, relegated. They used to say, like, they, they, you know, sure, you know, Hogan and whatever brought the fans in, but the, but they got the, they got the, the work rate out of, out of the cruiserweights. And that's all they were, you know, they were there to do that. And they did it. They did it damn well, but it wasn't toward any particular career advancement. You know, it was just do it over and over and over again. You'll always be matched with with this uh, this level of guy, and uh, that that's unfortunate. It took jumps yep. to WWF to change that. Uh, Jericho uh, looks for three clotheslines in succession, but misses the third. Eddie tries to uh, walk the ropes with uh, one of Jericho's hands locked up, yep. but he gets tripped and crotched on the top. Jericho then um, hits a springboard drop kick to the perched Eddie Guerrero, sending him to the floor. Uh, Jericho then goes for a power bomb off the apron to the floor. Yes. Yes. He kind of then drops to the floor from that position, so Eddie gets hot-shotted on the ropes on the apron. Eddie then takes a great bump. He suddenly like goes timber and collapses off the apron and lands on Jericho, and they both go into the rail. Crazy so, shit. It is crazy. As I hear myself reading this, it's like, how the, what were these guys doing in 97? Um, back in the ring, um, well, Eddie misses the outside-in headbutt. Go ahead. I was like, and, then, and then we get this oh. hug-standing release German suplex. What? Jericho Guerrero. sends Eddie. Jericho sends Eddie into the fucking stratosphere. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking. This is the foundation for Suplex City, folks. Right. All right. Guerrero lands on his fucking head. <laughs> on his fucking head. Yes. And pretty much dies a decade earlier. Right. Than he did. And it's like, <laughs> this is what I wrote. Jesus, this is what I wrote. Oh. I said. Despite the action in the ring, these guys are actually sitting in their cubicles hard at work. <laughs> what? Because they're working. Yeah. They're hard at work. <laughs> they sure are. I think you're seeing action, but these guys are actually at work. Uh, man. <sighs> Powerbomb attempt by Jericho. Yep. Eddie, though. Counters through, lands on his feet, hits the Uranagi slam. Su- Sambo suplex, please. Thank you. Oh, Sambo, thank you. Okay. Uh, Eddie then runs into a snap power slam by Jericho. He gets two. We go into the corner. Eddie tries a flying splash. Jericho. <laughs> Today, go ahead. You finish what you're going to say. Yeah. Launches him backwards, face first, and then hits the spinning heel kick for two. Well, unless you're Mike Tanay, which uh, uh, you call it the spinning leg lariat. Yeah, that was odd. That was odd. I Shut up, today. I never think of this spinning heel kick as a leg lariat, but... Not at all. There was no lariato. <laughs> there was no Lego lariato. Lego lariato. Mr. Ro- delivered by Mr. Roboto. That's right, Mr. Roboto. Jericho hits a flapjack, then uh, goes for the Lego lariato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> That's right. Eddie blocks, falls on top for two. Eddie tries a hurricane rana, and goddammit, he's powerbombed. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Deservedly so. I want every match to have a counter Rana with a power oh, bomb. It's so painful. Yeah. So painful. Impactful. It makes you realize the pain you and need. The, 
Yeah, right. That's right. That's exactly why I want it because it makes me realize the pain I need. That's exactly I can't what I was get thinking. through my day without that kind of pain. So Jericho, somebody then, picking me up and slamming me to the mat. He lifts Eddie for a double bomb, drops him again with the power bomb, then goes for a third one, but uh, ends up perching Guerrero on top instead of driving him to the canvas again. Attempts a suplex um, off the top, but in doing so, Eddie just slightly twists his body. And yep. kind of lands across Jericho's face with a cross-body yeah. splash. So Jericho's now prone. Eddie goes to uh, the near corner, the adjacent corner, and scores with the frog splash. Gets a huge pop and the one, two, and three. Yep. Se- and he wins himself the Cruiserweight Championship. 17 minutes and 19 seconds. And, uh, of course, like I said, this launched a great run for Eddie. Kind of yep. his signature WCW run. And um, Heenan, Heenan calls the replay as such. Your winner, Guerrero. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Tony says this. Despite whether or not you like him, Eddie Guerrero came here to wrestle. And you may not like him, and obviously many of us do not, but you can't deny Eddie Guerrero came to wrestle tonight. <laughs> As opposed to everybody else on the in the locker room. Uh, so anyway, so, so th- okay, oh, this sucks. So Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is here in WCW, yep. and he is in the back with, I don't know if it's an IT guy or, yep. I don't know, some kind of computer interpreter as they chat with someone via WCWWrestling.com. Wow. Why couldn't Jarrett just type? I mean, is he computer illiterate? I mean, yes. What? He can't, he can't he, yeah, I guess maybe he is. In 1997, I guess, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm That's- just like. Everyone, I mean, even then, most people had a computer. Just fucking type. Why Why do you have to dictate? Yeah, that's true. And you had the guy uh, asking fake questions in an awkward oh, tone. It was awful. It was so awful. WCWWrestling.com. I still remember that website. Beating WWF to the punch on the internet presence. Yeah. And, um, wow. Well, why, why, why is he wearing the Double J costume? Oh, that's what I hated so much. You know, it was so uninspired. Um, at this point in WCW, when they bring in guys from WWF, it's like, all right, just, you know, everyone knows who you are. Just do that. Just leave me alone. I just, I don't, oh my God, I don't have time. I'm sorry, okay? I don't have time. I don't know why they brought you in. This whole, the whole goddamn place is loaded with these, these, this fucking NWO shit. I don't, I mean, I don't know what to do with you, Jeff. I'm sorry, okay? Just, Jim, Jim, just hear me uh, out. I can't. I can't. You don't understand. Let's do the, the angle. pressure I'm in. No, I don't. Look, just, just, just wear your double J shit. All right. Just, I don't. I don't. Oh, oh, that Bischoff. I swear to God. I swear to God. He just drives me fucking berserk. I don't care what you do. I don't. I've got a book. I got a book. The fucking main event. All right. And this NWO shit just. Is out of control. It's out of control. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to have a cigarette. I'm out. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> Jim Barnett go quits home. again. <laughs> going to just fucking have me uh, margaritas until I don't wake up no more. He's going to go talk to Kevin Sullivan from Cambridge about what's uh, what's in the book. I, I, I'm tired of the book. All right? I can't. Just wear that. Ugly ass costume. I don't care. I don't. So I don't care. Jarrett comments to the WWWrestling.com correspondent about uh, 
how uh, Kurt Henning's going to find out Friday night in Seattle. They're plugging that show that you're going to see me get the figure four on Kurt Henning, and he'll find out just why they call me, quote, the greatest wrestler in the world. Who is they? Yeah, that kind of strains the definition of they, doesn't it, when you say something if, like that? If, if, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Mm. If there actually is a they out there who call, who considers Jeff Jarrett to be the greatest wrestler, uh, Laps fan solar system, I want him found and shot. That's like calling the guy who's doing this interview the greatest interviewer of all time <laughs> behind the laptop there. Yeah. Exactly. Back to the ring. It's time for a battle of two cornerstone WCW teams, the Steiners and Harlem Heat, boss. That's right. There we go. The Stein. This is like their umpteenth battle over oh, the last year. They fought so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Harlem Heat, interestingly enough, comes down with Jacqueline. Yes, in WWE before uh, WWF. That's right. Before she made the tide-turning jump to WWE the following year. Yeah, it's kind of funny. The little changes you see. I mean, you see Jarrett back in the WWF a year later in the show we did last week, 98 Survivor Series. A year later? He's back this year. No, no. I know he returned in 97, but we just did a show that's just a year after this, and a lot of these players jumped upon. Yeah. Oh, totally. Jacqueline as well. Um, So it's interesting, and I'll be noting those as we go. Booker T comes to the ring in a Yankees cap. Interestingly enough, the camera literally misses the Harlem Heat flame explosion as for some reason they train on the audience. I don't know what that was about. Gotta love the Steiner song. <laughs> I like their old one better. The oh, WWE one is the best. The Michigan one? The, uh, the, 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 like the, uh, yes. <laughs> the one that goes well with the Letterman jacket. It's good shit. Steinerized. You know what I thought it was, right? What? Steinerline. Here's a story of two brothers, Rick and Scott. Okay? I don't know the whole thing. Like, so thrilled. The singer, probably the same guy who sang Sting Song. Just happy to have a job. Probably. Um, and Ted DiBiase managing them. Weird. Which was so, so weird. They didn't know what to do with Ted after bringing him in just because he was with the WWF. And, and he... Yeah, I know, but he was like NWO, and then what happened? I never understood what happened. He left the NWO. He did, yeah, and they didn't have any kind of a formal breakup angle or anything like that. He just was suddenly I mean, a babyface. I mean, I think I know why they got rid of him, because Bischoff basically became the manager of the NWO. Right. That's a thing I think that's missing on this show, too. Bischoff. Nowhere to be found. They reference him, but nowhere to be found. So, uh, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I'm sure you did. Apparently, we are only a few steps away from Big Papa Pump. Oh, yeah, he we're getting there. loaded beast. Oh, my God, we're getting there. Uh, you know, Rick Steiner told me in the back that he used to inject Scott with a bicycle pump and fill him with air to give him that puffy look <laughs> for each match. Scott's basically going to snap the strings on the, the like, singlet soon. He is... I'm worried he's just going to snap his skin. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a bloated, like, cloud of muscle. It says here, DiBiase quit the NWO shortly after Spring Stampede 97, and less than a few months later, August 4th, 97, of Nitro, he made a face turn managing the Steiners. Yeah, I remember he kind of just disappeared, and um, yeah. by the time he came back, he just walked out one one week with the Steiners on Nitro, so... Weird. Uh, Steiner's don't need a manager. Anyway. Really hoping we'd see a Frankensteiner tonight. Next stop, Michigan University. They'll take I on was all... R- really hoping we'd see that fat piece of shit 
try a Frankensteiner. And you talking about his... Scott? Yeah, he does not do yes. it. Not tonight. Um, Bummer. So there's kind of jawjacking to start between the two teams. DiBiase looks into the camera and says, "Welcome to the dog pound, baby." <laughs> okay. You don't need there... to be a babyface manager, Ted. You just you just don't I... need to do it. He can't do it. He's awful. Oh, you're supposed to be awful. the million dollar man. You're supposed to be the, you know, you were trillionaire Ted. You're supposed to be a bad guy. Conniving manipulator. Right. But no, now he's a pep rally coach guy. Oh. What's going on here? So uh, there's, there's a there's a graphic that lets us know that Larry Zabisco is now on commentary. He has joined the I'm, booth. I'm glad they cleared that up because I thought Mike Tanay might have just hit puberty. He's <laughs> Larry says uh, NWO is going to pay for their Arn Anderson parody tonight, and he wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> oh God, it's time to go down Larry Land on some of these oh, things. Larry Land. Um, he gets some he gets some doozies later on that I thought were really fucking funny. Yeah, he does a great job on this show. He really does. Um, big props to Larry Zabisco. He's kind of the star of this show, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think he's the most over. I think he and Flair are like the most over baby faces on the show. Yep. Classic Scott Steiner sell job. Mm-hmm. He runs whenever he runs into an opponent who puts his boot up in the corner. When Scott hits yeah. the mat off the, on that bump, he always holds one side of his head with both hands. Oh, Jesus. Like he's receiving a huge phone, handling a huge phone receiver. There's a, we get a close-up shot of Scott, and honestly, he looks like the love child of Scott Hall and Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, unfortunate. Was this an unfortunate goatee at the time, right? Yeah. Fortunate everything. Unfortunately, Scott had to go. Not just the goatee, he just had to go. Had to go. <laughs> Jesus. He's he, already gassed, too. Like, two seconds into the match, he's fucking gassed. Sucking he's that Winston-Salem air. Just, just walking with that massive frame must be exhausting. Belly to belly suplex he's, on Stevie. Jackie shakes her uh, her, her assets there on the floor. She never hesitated. How do they do shake? Yeah. They're fucking hard as rocks. <laughs> Booker gets in, applies the full Nelson, of all things. Yeah, I'm sad we never got a Harlem Heat reunion in the WWE. Yeah, no. Well, we had one at the Hall of Fame ceremony where Book got inducted. Of course, that wasn't a match. I mean, a real one. Like, I right. Would, I would have loved to have seen Harlem Heat in the WWE. Yeah. They were a great team, no question. Um, Booker gets in full Nelson, vertical suplex in the middle, goes out of the top rope, but jumps into a great belly-to-belly suplex by Scott. Big pop for that. Uh-huh. Um, almost loses him on a gorilla press slam. Uh, does Scott Steiner, but drops Booker on his face. Uh, Rick Steiner runs in to cut off Ray, and then they go nuts, the big hoo-hoo-hoo chants, and they do the pose, and it's pretty awesome. Can I, can I ask, what is with the breathing strips for That's, Harlem Heat? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they have... Um, that, was like a, that was like a trademark thing for Booker T. It's a good question. In WCW, he always wore those damn breathing strips on his nose. I wonder if it held their gas. Well, I didn't need it later on. Better intake of oxygen. Yeah, you're right. He dropped it in WWF. I don't know. That's that's a very good question. And no other wrestler I can think of wore those on the ring. Yeah. So. Booker moving pretty good tonight. Moving pretty quick. Yeah, you really could see a future single star in him at this yeah. point in time. Oh, yeah. For Took sure. him a while to get around to doing it. Uh, sure. Quick tags in and out. Um, Booker T with a spin kick out of the corner. Drops Rick Steiner. They get heat on Rick for a while. Rick eventually catches Book on a leapfrog and dumps him with that suplex for two. Fucking Jesus. That. Oh. Crazy move. Never gets old when Rick Steiner catches, is running off the ropes. You try to leapfrog, and he snatches you with one arm under your legs and the other yep. over your shoulder and tosses you. I feel like, um, I feel like uh, 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 Rick is like giving Scott all of his muscle mass. 
Yeah, he's slowly siphoning it off. Right. He's like, all right, you can have this. You can have this. You can have that. It's cool. Don't need it. Don't don't need it. Not getting a push. No. Goodbye, man. Oh, he's, they both sound the same. I never noticed that before, but they literally sound the same. <laughs> Stevie the blindside Scott, distracted. Huge kick by Booker, and Scott takes a huge kind of stiff back bump over the top, head over heels. Yeah. Um, and like people... going over the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bag of fucking sack of potatoes going over the top rope. Damn right. Uh, there are two people in the crowd with two competing signs, one that says Skeeter 316 and <laughs> Skeeter for life. Yeah, nice. Hilarious, guys. <laughs> Sit down before you fall down. Why don't you try unsticking the pages of your Playboy? <laughs> we have some free time here. Stevie kicks Scott on the floor and gets uncomfortably close to a fan for some reason. Stevie Ray just decides to get mere inches from the face of some guy in the front row who apparently is pissing him off. Uh, weird as Stevie is going to hold Scott um, open for a shot from Jacqueline, and just nothing happens. She she doesn't hit him. Um, he just ends up shooting him into the rail. Yeah, that was weird. Mm, very strange. Jacqueline does not get her shot in. That was her thing, beating up on the guys, throwing those crazy punches, and her hair flies all over the oh, place. That's kind of WWE's answer to China at the time, maybe. Um, except except tiny. And, right. Yeah, right. Jesus. Not not a not an Amazon. TV car a cord is wrapped around uh, Scott Stenner's mouth and neck by the Harlem Heat. Um, Rick gets some shots in to break that up. And uh, back in the ring, Sabisco um, <laughs> and talking about um, Steiner. Scott says it's hard to hold down a guy that can bench press nine thousand pounds. You know what? It's hard I'm to do sorry. anything to a guy who can bench press nine thousand pounds. That's yeah, called it, the Incredible Hulk. Right. It's called Superman. It's like no, I. I'm going to go the other direction. Scott, That's about the easiest thing that I can think of. Scott catches a spin kick from Booker and dumps him on the floor. Hot tag to Rick. Steiner lines. He's tossing folks. Bulldog oh, yeah. off the top on Stevie. And then there's a nasty seat, uh, heat seeker by Harlem yeah. Heat. I forgot they used to do this move. Awesome. That's a crazy move. It's like a, a doomsday device, but with a missile drop kick. Instead of a flying clothesline. Executed Fucking by Booker a. T. Nails but, Rick. He lands right in his head. Here's here's the really shitty part, and I guess we should just be expecting Scott to fuck things up all the time. Yeah. But he tries to break it up. Like, okay, so here's what happens. So they 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 they, they hit the the heat seeker, mm-hmm. and um, uh, was it uh, uh um, Booker was Booker? I guess Booker was the legal guy, and it doesn't matter. One one of the Harlem Heat were were covering Rick Steiner, and Scott Steiner literally gets in the ring. To try to break it up, but realizes that he's either there too early or that he's not supposed to do it. Yep. And just waits there. He's like waiting to toss Booker out of the ring. Like, for some reason, he needs the toss of Booker to come before he breaks up the pin. And while he's waiting for that, uh, Rick is kind of forced to kick yep. out and kill the finisher. It's awful. And then they go right to their finish. A very quick recovery here from Rick, as apparently they're getting some time cue pressure here because it just the match totally turns in an instant. And, you gotta um, go home. They do. They have to go home to Michigan. With a uh, combination, German suplex and lariat. On. Says, Rick says, wait, we got to go home? And it's like, Scott, no. No, I want to go home. <laughs> Rick didn't say we had to. I, I, I really want to go home, Scott. I think, I think this tired. is it for me. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. What a dramatic statement in this business. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Scott <laughs> Scott clotheslines Stevie into Rick's German suplex. Scott gets folded over, and uh, in 11 minutes, 44 seconds, the Steiner brothers defeat Harlem Heat at the 97 Fall Brawl. This match was just like Scott Steiner. Slow, bloated, and full of shit. See, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was good. I thought it was so boring. Really? Yeah. I thought, I mean, just because because Scott Steiner is already a shell of what he was. Okay, so you're holding Scott Steiner was so great, and he just, he he made everything suck. Yeah. To me. I mean, I'm like... uh, he just he just couldn't do it. He couldn't move. It's the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast with Jack Encarnacio and JP Sorrow. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast. 
So we go next to the television title match as Alex Wright. Alex Wrong. Is back. Alex Wrong, indeed, oh. to defend against Ultimo Dragon, of all right. people. That's right. Face the Ultimo Dragon. It's oh. very good. A friend, Alex. Oh. Neon green tights, boss. It's more like Ultimo Fuckhead. <laughs> oh. Fucking worst. <laughs> Here we go. I remember seeing Dragon on Nitro, by the way, mm-hmm. around this point in time, and being like, wow, yeah. this is totally different than anything WWF is doing. The, oh, yeah. His presentation is Moonsault. I remember um, whenever the he did Japanese-Mexican Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, very confusing in that way. Um, I remember when he'd do the Asai Moonsault, the springboard, I'd say it like this to play it out. As oh, soon boy. as he'd leap to hit the ropes on the springboard, I'd go, mm-hmm. springboard Asai Moonsault. Because the spring, him being suspended in air for the spring took long. And then oh after he God. sprung, it was in an instant that he was moonsaulting. That's so funny. So then it'll come up later. I, I've only, I think, and I think I told this story already. Uh, I think probably WrestleMania 20, because last, the last time we saw Ultimo Dragon was Oh, my God. Um, but SmackDown, here comes the pain. Did I tell you this? Did I, did I say this one? I, I must have. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. All right. Well, I won't say it again, but, all, but just the fact that the computer randomly chose him to be champion at one point. <laughs> WWF champion. WWF. Not in your wildest fucking champion. dreams. Never. Never. No. I'm not fucking... I'm not pushing no Japanese-Mexican guy. Fuck that. I'm going to push an American. <laughs> well, there's the end of that. <laughs> not much shelf life, that idea. Uh, so, Larry um, oh. asks of Alex's display, is that dancing? What would you call it? Tony oh. says, I'd call it stupidity. <laughs> but but Brain says, Brain claims that he... Uh, oh, pardon he me, Larry Tony... says I'd call it stupidity, and oh. Tony says, what would you call it? Go ahead. But Brain says he, he saw Tony dancing like Alex right in the lobby the night before. 3.30. And says and compliments on his ability to cut a rug. And Larry and t- goes... T- t- well, hold on, Tony says there are two sides. <laughs> well, there are two sides to me. And Larry wants to know why Shivani is cutting rugs. Cut up a rug? Why would you cut up a rug for? You know, the more I watch him dance, I saw you about 3.30 in the lobby last night doing that, Tony. What lobby was you that, You can really cut a rug. Well, there you go. There's two sides to me. Cut a rug? What are you cutting up the rugs for? So, what are we going to do when the snow starts falling? <laughs> this fucking guy. What would you cut a rock for? Yeah. Okay, Larry. That's your gimmick that you don't understand figurative uh, speech? Is that your gimmick? That's I gonna... love I do love the dust one to kind dance moves. Oh, I love the Alex Wright dance. Oh, I adore it. He's such an ass. The you know those <laughs> dance moves were a taunt in WWE No Mercy? Of course they were. That, oh, there were like two or three variations of the Alex Wrong dance. That was right up there with, you know, the crotch chop with the premier wrestling taunts of the 90s, as far as I'm concerned. He, uh, I believe we gave one of those taunts to T. Diddy's character. <laughs> I would believe that. That dance. Um, uh, Mickey J., your referee, not Mickey James. <laughs> Ultimo uh, had just cut loose from Sonny Ono at the time, as they mentioned, so he had gone babyface. Um, yeah. We get going. Tony, curious thing, and I realize that he always used to say this when I'm watching the show again. Uh, when a guy would do like um, an arm ringer, he'd say mm-hmm. full arm drag and twist. And it's like, there's no arm drag there. There's just the twist part. It's an arm <sighs> ring. He make, <laughs> it's like he, he's calling the spot where like Steamboat will do the arm drag and then hold onto the arm and do the arm bar. Yep. And he'd call yep. that a full arm drag and twist. But there's no, anyway. He didn't say he's like, an ass. <laughs> He's not bad on this show, though. No, he's good. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, but he's an ass. 
Heenan says, I see a lot of people. I like, you know what? For some reason, I like Shivani. I hate him, but I like him. Right. Me too. You know, he's a bitch, but I like him. (laughs) Well, that's about the closest thing certain parties get to compliments on TLS. He's like the guy, like, 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 I, I, I I just want to fucking punch him in the face, but I'll always call him and say, hey, you want to go see a movie? (laughs) Nice. Good example. I'm like, why? Why do I fucking, why do I hang out with this asshole? Oh, I have a friend who's like that. I want one of my one of my one of my dear friends, who is that kind of a person. Who I always he's always back in L.A. He's always the first guy that I'd call to hang out, you know, or one of the first guys that I'd call to hang out. And then I'm I'm always regretting it when I hang out with him. I'm like, <laughs> why did I do this? That's Tony Schiavone. That's Tony Tony Schiavone. I like that. Uh, Zabisco circles back to the rug cutting thing as they talk about how nice guys don't finish last. Heenan says, I see a lot of people in this sport. Um, the ones with the bigger egos are usually the more successful. Zabisco chimes in, nice guys dance on cut up rugs. rugs. Okay, Larry, calm down, please. You're torturing this a bit. I'll tell you this right now. Mm. Mean bastards come first. Yeah. We finish first. That's right. We come first indeed. Dragon with rapid fire kicks as he's wont to do drops Alex right. He totally whiffs, does Ultimo Dragon on a spinning heel kick. Some uh, rough, some rough going early here between. What the fuck! Oh, I can't work with this fucking asshole. I felt the breeze of the kick. I just like, oh my goodness, he ruined my entire, like he cramped my style. Ugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just do me a favor. Don't torture yourself. Just stop. Stop. I win. Alex Wright wins. I, I, I went over. I went over. That's better than this bullshit. Larry. Fucking. As they, let me just walk away with my goddamn belt. Jesus Christ. As they start blowing spots oh. and missing moves, Larry Zbysko says, you've got two different centers of gravity here. <laughs> I'd say, Larry. Uh, Alex Wright, hot shots, dragon, face first, pile driver by Alex Wright. Sleeper replied, dragon does the most effective thing you would ever do in a pro wrestling sleeper, which is lightly slap the choking arm. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Listen closely. Ass. Like, <laughs> Ass. I love, I, you know, it's so funny. How come nobody who's in a sleeper tries to, like, <laughs> wrench the arm free? Yeah, pull the top hand down. That's It's like, it's impossible for some reason. Nobody nope. can, I can't break out of this goddamn sleeper. But slap the outside of the arm, and you're relieving that pressure, boss. As if, as if you know, it's like it's like when someone works. It's like when Flair gets an gets a a, a hammer lock applied on him. Yeah. And he slaps his own shoulder. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you shouldn't be you shouldn't be relieving the pressure of the arm of your attacker. Zabisco. <laughs> uh, Ultimate uh, failure is what he is. Someone had said putting away. Um, Right or dragon is going to be easier said than done. Zabisco, putting anyone away is easier said than done. <laughs> well, yes, so, Larry. It's easier wanna... to say something than to do it. Okay. <laughs> did um did Alex Wright ever think he'd be world champion? Was he? <laughs> I think. Well, be... Flair was high on him. Remember, we talked about that the '95 bash. I think that'd be fantastic. I think I could go over Hogan. I think I'd be great. I think it would draw huge money. Sounds like it, Alex. Your promos are out I, of this world. I think it would draw huge money at the, at the um at the Star Brawl. Do you mean Starcade, Star- Alex? Star Brawl. 
fuck it, who cares? It's just fucking wrestling. But I must be great world champion. I'd well, be fantastic. Be Alex great. Cade. That's right. I'd call it Right Cade. <laughs> or Star Right. That's what I am. I'm the star, right? <laughs> that was great. Uh, call it Star Right because, you know, I'm a star, right? Sounds like a sizzle reel for a new Comedy Central show. <laughs> um, so I want to bring up so this is uh this is what alex wright's been up to since his retirement from pro wrestling sure uh he's worked as a banker mm-hmm. and a, a fitness instructor oh. as well as uh, uh opening his own wrestling school which was entitled the right stuff mm. and he even opened his own wrestling promotion sure called new european championship wrestling i like that there we go. Alex Wright. Big Alex ma- Wright. Working hard, putting in the hours. Um, Dragon rallies in the match here. Snap Marin kicks to the back, tries a heel kick, but Wright holds onto the ropes, and Dragon crashes and burns. Mike Tanay talks about there being extended time limits on pay-per-view for title bouts, um, which explains uh, Alex Wright taking his time to yeah. run up the clock. Well, Larry, Larry uh, even, uh, he says he tries to remind Alex Wright to slow down. It's not beat the clock, it's beat the dragon. Again, this is not beat the clock, this is beat the dragon, so don't rush. Zabisco also says some people used to do that all the time, run out the clock. Of course, that was Larry Zabisco's calling card, is stalling before he'd even lock up uh, by hanging out outside the ring. Tony does not pick up on it at all and just says, yeah, you're right, uh, Larry, some people do that. That's a very good point, fans. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) front, front leg back kick that time. A normal reverse front leg back kick to the side. Full on dragon twist that time, fans. 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 (laughs) Tyson Austin. Fans. That's a pretty funny word. Let's talk about that. That's a funny word. Ready? (laughs) I didn't say that. Wait. Oh, I could. Fans. Fans. (laughs) <laughs> fans <laughs> like listen fans listen because it's like it's like this idea of, of to <laughs> me it's the equivalent of saying gang yeah. hey gang <laughs> hey fans it's hey, so like hey gang it's, <laughs> shit Guggenheim's here <laughs> you got it Tom Guggenheim <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we lost the solar Jeez, system on solar that one. Is totally off on this one. So, um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> Dragon goes over right's back for a sunset flip. So he's down there. Yeah. You know how you pull on the legs. <laughs> what does Alex do when he's when he's threatened to be pulled down a sunset flip? He dances. He does. <laughs> he does the dance. Okay, actually, hold on. I got a note by the way about the, about the 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 time limit yeah. tangent. To I. Somebody tell Shivani it's fucking fake. <laughs> for shit's sake, you could schedule a 10-limit time limit, a 10-minute time limit, then have guys go out there and work fucking 45 minutes because it doesn't matter. <laughs> fake. See, I disagree with you there wholeheartedly. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm, being I facetious. Just, I'm just being facetious. So, um, uh, Dragon eventually pulls him down for two, back up, clothesline by right. He then uh, perches Dragon on the top rope like he's going to do a superplex, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Uh-huh. Whenever an offensive wrestler goes for a superplex, if the wrestler he's going to superplex, if his feet are inside the ropes, yes. he's not going for the ride. Oh, 
Sorry, just not going nowhere. This fucking Ultimo Dragon doesn't wants to fly and do these stupid bullshit moves. And in this case, don't you the, understand uh... that I do the fucking high flying. I am Alex Wright. Okay, tell I'm that to Ultimo Dragon. I'm thus Wunderkind. What the fuck are you, Ultimo Dragon? Stupid bitch. <laughs> Fuckhead. Oh, Alex is caddy tonight. You're not Ultimo Wunderkind. <laughs> I'm thus Wunderkind. You just bullshit. <laughs> you das bullshit. <laughs> so Dragon pushes him off, uh, then jumps off the middle did, rope with no particular plan and eats the feet. Did you notice a guy in the crowd as uh, as Wright is uh, uh, setting up the superplex who stands up <laughs> and starts doing the Alex Wright techno <laughs> dance with a beer in his hand? <laughs> No, I didn't. I'm going to go back and watch. It's pretty fucking funny. It is funny. It's like a, there's like a series of... Uh, okay, uh, there's like a weird series of of, of like college kids mm. at this time who are like doing this these weird interactions on right, the Right, they don't have shirts on, right? And uh, No, these guys have shirts on, the ones that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, but also, so, okay, going back to one of the Nitros, I was watching it. There's like... On one of the, you know, you know, like for like a month after Bash at the Beach '96, they had, they did a series of shows at MGM yes. Nitros. Yes. During one of them, there's like a crew. I, I assume it's like families, like kids and their uncles and nephews and dads and shit. They're all part of the same. And these are the most hyper people. They're like yelling and screaming at every wrestler. <laughs> They're like standing up and trying to do moves and shit to each other. Really? And there's one fat blonde kid who I just want to beat this fucking. <laughs> he thinks he's so fucking funny. He thinks he's so goddamn humorous. And all I want to do is stab him with a pipe and say, You're not, dude. You're fucking dead. <laughs> so you're a fan. That's what you're, you're saying. You're not fun. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of this fan. This fan doesn't deserve to be a fan of the sport that I love. That's right. Clearly. Oh, You're a man. fucking idiot, you blonde. <laughs> he looked like um he looked like the older brother in uh 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 like a fat version of the older brother in uh home improvement. <laughs> Zachary Zachary Ty whatever. Oh like, uh, like you're talking about Zachary Taylor Thomas? Not 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 Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, Zachary Taylor is the president. Zachary <laughs> Yes. Uh, President Zachary Thomas. America. But this guy just wanted to, like, fucking spoon the shit out of his fucking belly. <laughs> so fucking bizarre. <laughs> All right, good. You know, I remember those rambunctious Nitro crowds. I'll never forget one time I was watching Nitro, and just all of a sudden I look in the audience, and some guy has his buddy in the rack, the torture rack, <laughs> in the crowd. Imagine. See, Imagine. that's okay. Right. That's okay, but don't act like you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Lest you piss off J.P. Sorrow. That's right. 13 I, years I later will, on the network. I will tell you if you can be a fan of my sport. That's correct. Yep. Uh, Wright comes off the top, eats feet as well. Um, same maneuver. Different man, Tony says. <laughs> Rapid kicks from Dragon put right on the outside. And here it is. The Springboard Asahi Moonsault has to <laughs> took off there. Uh, Rush. Shivani, hold on though, Shivani, he's such an ass. He goes, he's like, he's like, he, he like emphasizes that they are 
on the floor, and they are on the concrete. Trademark Acai Musa! Oh, it connected. Both men spill outside of the mats, on the floor, onto the concrete surface, outside there. <laughs> Want to keep going, Tony? And they are in Winston-Salem, and they are in North Carolina, and they are in North America. On TV, on pay-per-view. In your house. In your ass. <laughs> so Rana by Dragon. Uh, he just sells it. He executes a perfect hook on Rana, and he acts like it hurt him. Uh, Tony says, it looks like Dragon took the brunt of that. Kind of weird. Dragon yep. then gets crotched up on the top rope. Drop kick from right puts Dragon all the way to the floor. Right yep. then hits a plancha of his own, leveling Dragon on the outside. And uh, back in, Dragon finds the butterfly suplex for two. Tiger. I, well, I was going to say, well, I, I called it the double arm underhook suplex, and I was wondering if maybe it would be safe to call it the Ultimo Hicks, Ultimo Hook su- Suplex. <laughs> Ultimo Hook. Fuck that up, man. I was so happy about that joke, too. More like the <laughs> the Pearl Dragon Plunge. <laughs> Superplex. Uh, there's a Tiger <laughs> Suplex for two. Then Pearl there's... Dragon Plunge. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. PDP. Oh, my God. Superplex try. Dragon rolls over. Powerbomb uh, rolls over the top of right, lands on his feet in the mat, and then pulls him out of the corner with a running powerbomb. That gets two. <laughs> Uh, Larry Spisco oh, says Alex Wright is too long to cradle up. For God's sakes. Uh, so, uh, like, what happens if they go into the other ring? Are they allowed to do that? Yeah. I, I mean... I mean, they are later on. I know that kind of answer, answer... That question is answered later on, but... The tag match. I don't know. Just... Yeah, it's... More excitement. it's, it's it is kind of curious that it wasn't worked into um, any of the earlier More matches. matches. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does give you the early impression that it's well, not. You got to save it for the, you know. GDP. Save, keep the heat. <laughs> no, you don't want to. You don't want to blow it all in the opening match with the fucking. Is that Kev again? Yep, those fucking, you know. Vanilla midgets. Vanilla midgets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We got you, Kev. All right. See you later. People didn't come. People didn't come here to see them. They came here to see us. Back Just up. Saying. Back up top. A moonsault press by Dragon gets two. Tony says that time Dragon didn't really hit where he wanted to hit Larry. There's like... <laughs> Thanks. Uh, there's a series, like a number of really, really sloppy pin attempts. Mm. Yeah, you they're know? not on the same page, these two. They're just not... At, at some... Like, it, I'll say it was a decent match. It was. It wasn't great. You know, they're, they're both working hard. They're both trying to adjust to each other. But then they just start doing these really, really sloppy pin attempts. Yes. And the impact of the two counts is completely lost. I really thought for sure one of these was going to be the end. Mm -hmm. And it just, I was like, this is, I mean, I've completely lost the emotional, I mean, not that there was a ton to begin with, but I've lost all emotional uh, connection with this match. You get detached. Yeah. Yeah. When you do just pin attempts to do a pin attempt. There was a bit of that in this match. They seemed, t- they seemed really tired by the yeah, end of this match. Right in particular, absolutely. And I think they had so trouble fucking, with the, the body types. So fucking gassed. Oh. Can we go home? Jesus. Can we please go home? I've got the fucking flight back to Germany. I'm so bored here. You want schnitzel? I want some, yes, I want some schnitzel. I want some fucking beer, not this American bullshit. Rana by Dragon I gets two. I hate my life. Wright rolls through the Rana for two. Tanae makes a point to give uh, Tony Schiavone props for pointing out how every time Dragon goes up top tonight, he pays for it. 
And just as he says that, Dragon jumps off the top rope and eats a fucking dropkick, right? In, out of midair. That's um, right. Series of near falls, like you said, right yeah. sucking wind. Right is perched on the top. Um, Dragon hits his great twisting super hurricane run off the top. And then applies to Dragon Sleeper, but Wright gets to the rope with that long leg. Uh, Dragon goes for another sleeper hold attempt. This time, though, Wright drops down with a jawbreaker that basically yep. hits him in the eye socket. Um, then snatches him up. German. A Super. German by the German. As is only appropriate. And one, two, three. 18 minutes, 46, 43 seconds. Alex Wright beats Ultimo Dragon to retain the TV title at Fall Brawl 97. Th- this was funny, though. Afterwards... Alex Wright attempts to do the dance moves to celebrate, yes. but he's in too much pain. Can't do and it. He keels over. That was ah, really fucking funny. It is. Oh, if I can't do it, my belly hurts. It's method so, acting. I'm so fat. Oh. Replay reveals that just before leaping into the dropkick, Dragon looked at his hand like it was talking to him. <laughs> like he's fucking Mr. Backland. <laughs> Backstage to Gene Oakland, but, tonight on, in the hotline. It was great, though. During the replay, Heenan says... Here's your winner, the man from Germany, Alex Wright. Man, (laughs) Heenan's on the hotline. He's phoning it in tonight. Uh, Dial three for Heenan's commentary. Uh, Gene's in the back saying, Arn Anderson will be on the hotline when the NWO War Games team walks past him like... like, Like a fucking cartoon. Yep, they just interrupt his whole spiel about how... On the hotline, they don't even. Here. They just they just walk. Yeah, they walk right, right in front of him, and he says, "Rudest group of people I've ever seen in my entire life." Yep. So he starts but, talking again, and then NWO comes walking right back again. And it's um, like a fucking Marx Brothers movie. It is. G, uh, there had been a bunch of noise after the NWO walked past him off camera, as if something um, untoward was happening. Gene says, as they walk by him a second time, "That's going to cut into my payroll. What just transpired in here?" So he goes over to a room marked locker room that has a fucking... He's such a little pissant. Yeah, I know. Snooping around. He's become become such a little, like a little just ass since he came to WCW. (laughs) He's just an ass. It's pretty funny. There is a different, like, dimension to Gene Oakland and WCW. Like, there's almost like, I don't know how to put it, like, above it all. Yeah. I mean, they were right to make fun of Scheme Gene in his fucking hotline. (laughs) All he talked about was his goddamn hotline. So he breaks Put in. that cigarette out. He, opens, he, goes, he goes into the room, which is marked locker room, but there's a vending machine in there and trash barrels. Hey, any good locker room, man. Any good locker room has got a, a vending machine in it. I suppose there. you're right. And uh, he sees Kurt Hennig on the floor. He goes, Kurt Hennig! Kurt on the floor! Um, so, <laughs> and then he calls for Doug Dillinger. Yeah, he starts saying, Nash, Six, Conan, all of them here tonight. Get some help for this man, please. Get some help. Get you get to Doug Dillinger. Come back here and help me out. So the message is that uh, the NWO found out where Hennig was and jumped him right there in the locker room. And uh, is it that hard? Yeah, was I it guess that hard to find him. I don't know why him? that was the most opportune moment, but they had him cornered. I guess I don't know. NWO strikes. And, like uh, they were literally walking in like a butt. Like like it's it's again. It feels so Nash. It's like hey, you know, it'd be funny. If we all just go in there and we just kind of march in, in single file, mm-hmm. walk right in front of Gene, beat Hennig up, leave the locker room, get the heat, and walk right, get the heat, <laughs> walk right back, single file, be fucking hilarious. Get over. You know, I mean, it's, a, it's a television, it's entertainment. What do you expect? So Kurt's left there licking his wounds with Gene standing over him screaming. Kurt Hennig, 
instead of helping him, just screaming things like Doug Dillinger and things like Doug that. Doug Dillinger? Come help Doug Dillinger. Here comes your favorite, Jeff Jarrett's out with Deborah. Uh, well, we got it half right. You know, we talked about how Jarrett's on the show that we did last yeah. week, a year later. Deborah's right there with him. No shit. That's right. Seriously, huh? This pairing's there. And, uh, yeah. What? She's the queen? What's she the queen of? Yeah, she's the queen of WCW because when she came into um, WCW with Mongo, she had been a beauty queen of a state, I think. She'd won some kind of beauty pageant. So mm-hmm. that became her wrestling gimmick, and she became the queen of WCW. There you go. Great story. Dean Malenko's music sounded like World 8 and Mario 3. <laughs> With the floating ship and the cannonballs. I'm going to find it right now. I need to listen to it. Dean Malenko versus Jeff Jarrett. This match will determine who goes on Halloween Havoc to face Mongo for the U.S. Championship. And um, all of a sudden, Jarrett decides he doesn't want any distractions out here. So he yeah. goes to the ringside and he tells Deborah to go to the back and watch on the monitor. But, like, why couldn't he have decided beforehand? Because he's an ice man. That's right. And the man of a thousand holes. So militaristic. And you know what? If he did origami, he'd be the man of a thousand folds. <laughs> Get out of here. So, <laughs> Will you be serious? <laughs> right. So um, so anyway, Jarrett decides all of a sudden that Deborah has to go instead of deciding that before she walks through the curtain. So he leads her to the back. Tony points out that the locker room is not a safe place to be uh, with the NWO lur- lurching around there. Um, and hitting a lady, he says, is not below them. So, wow. It's true. Larry says, uh, Jeff Jarrett gives you a false impression that he's as fo- that, that he's not as focused as he is. Interesting probing insight from the legend. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Larry. I, I, I just never understood the fucking double J costume. Oh, I know. Like the, the, the jail bar, the jail bars on the torso look is the, one of the weirdest outfits. It looks like the brushes I go through in the car wash. Yes, <laughs> right. The big things that like, and I go big, back or, and forth. The big octopus, my daddy. The whale them. things, whatever they call them. The brushes. It's so and the bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Tony talks about uh, how Jarrett, second generation, and Dean, second generation stars, are part of the tradition that is WCW. And that was the big buzzword at the time, Flair, going on and on about tradition vis-a-vis the NWO. Um, and uh, we go to further action. Larry says... Uh, Jared is disgruntled that he didn't make the cut for the Horsemen. Remember when they first brought Jared into WCW? Um, he wanted he was kind of like Rick. He wanted to be Flair's protege and be in the Horsemen. Yes, uh, Heenan said he heard Jared wanted to be the head guy in the Horsemen, wanted to run the show, and with Flair there, that's not going to happen. It's like I'm expecting Heenan to make a joke, and then he says something like totally straight laced. Yep. It's like all right. He's just yeah. He's just he's not the same guy. Top wrist lock takedown by Jeff Jarrett. He shouts to the crowd, "That's a wrestling move right there." Thank God for that. Glad he cleared that up. I thought he was in a brawling mode. Malino, <laughs> Malenko with a drop to hold and then walks right over the back of Jeff Jarrett, showing a little cockiness there. Uh, Larry um, says that Malenko is, is so into the science of it. That's what he said. He's a wrestling scientist. <laughs> when, he's, when he's discovering new moves, he's wearing a white coat and goggles. And he's got a beaker. He's a He's a wrestling experimentalist. <laughs> He's all about the science of holds. That's right. <laughs> the science of competition. 
<laughs> the science of shooting. That's his book. The science. He's he's got he's got a a, a um a master's in the in in grappling science and arts. He's always sick, so he's the man of a thousand yep. colds. <laughs> he also he also was around in the California Gold Rush. He's a man of a thousand golds. <laughs> so stupid (laughs) so bad oh my god so tony tony says that although malenko is nicknamed the man of a thousand holds jeff jared has many holds of his own we call malenko the man of a thousand holds well jared's got many many holds as well (laughs) (laughs) well hey if he's got many Many, the many man, holes as well, The man he says. of many holes versus the man of a thousand holes. He says... I'll go with a thousand. Yeah, that seems to be more than many, many. <laughs> to me. Malenko, uh, pardon me, Zabisco obsessed with this idea that Malenko doesn't have a mean streak. He says, Malenko's, quote, got the science. Oh. He just needs a bigger mean streak. Who else, boss, in pro wrestling has, quote, got the silence? <laughs> I mean, the science, sorry, the science. Who's got the science? science. Um, I'm Regal? Regal Regal's a ring scientist. <laughs> without, without a doubt. <laughs> These guys who are prominent in in-ring STEM, science, I technology. Say, I, I, would, I would say that, that, that Benoit yeah. was a uh, he was a ring scientist. He was he was all about discovery. <laughs> and about the, the elements of the ring. <laughs> the periodic table of the ring. <laughs> Paul Heyman wants you to go through the periodic table. It's the periodic table of holds. (laughs) The periodic Spanish announce table. The the periodic table of maneuvers. (laughs) Right, like P, like uh, uppercase P, lowercase B is power bomb. (laughs) It's the periodic table of spots. (laughs) (laughs) It's a liver spot. That's one of the things that Kevin Nash says in the mock promo of Arn, because Arn said, I want you to have my spot. So Nash goes out there and says, I want you to have my spot, your spot, a liver spot. <laughs> and I'm thinking, spot work 12. That's right. Uh, that would be spot 15, gentlemen. Spot 15, followed by transition hold number seven. <laughs> Calling it in the ring. Calling it in the booth. Heenan says, <laughs> yeah, Heenan says he thinks uh, Malenko's got that mean streak. He's just waiting to unleash it. Okay, Bobby, keep, you keep making me laugh tonight. Um, he barely even chimes in in this match. Yeah, he really doesn't. He just He's, he's hardly there. Laying back as much as he can, it seems like. Uh, so um, Malenko hits a superplex, a German release suplex by Dean Malenko. He then hooks the Texas Cloverleaf, uh, turns him over, but Jared gets to the ropes. Deborah at this point is concerned, so she comes back out to the ring to see if she can be of any help. So why the hell they did the whole thing where he sends her to the back, I don't know. Um, Malenko with the crossbody sends him and Jared over the top to the floor. Um, Tony uh, remem- reminds us that Deborah's actually still the, the wife of U.S. champ uh, Steve McMichael. Um, Deborah, uh, Dean then puts Jeff Jarrett's leg over the rail and kicks it. Yep. Time to start working that leg. Uh, Deborah's pacing back and forth concerned. Jarrett pulls out the legs of Malenko from outside the ring and runs him into the post, runs one of the legs into the post. So he starts to soften up Dean for the figure mm-hmm. four. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of a clumsy spot as Jeff is about to sit down on the prone leg draped across the ropes. Dean tries to kick Jared up and over the ropes, but he ends yeah. trying to crotch him, and it just it's didn't go weird. It's bad, bad, bad stuff. Jared trying something just a little too athletic for him at that moment. Uh, Dean kicks Jared off into the rail, um, and then sends him, uh, that, which sent him chin first into the safety rail. Tony yep. says, "Chin first. <laughs> God, that would hurt." Deborah comes Can you over. Imagine hitting it chin first. Eesh. Deborah comes over to console Jarrett. Larry says, did she hand him something? She did not. Outside in suplex attempt by Malenko. I love that. I really love that Larry has become that that guy from from Quincy. Oh, yeah, very much so. He's he's the guy concerned about the traffic and the flooding. That's right. right. He's concerned that it's going to. Well, how's it going to affect me? (laughs) It's going to flood my property. It's going to flood your property. Okay. Everybody else is doing just fine, but it's going to flood my fucking property. Right. You're going to add all this impervious surface to the neighborhood. I wish you were impervious, sir. (laughs) I wish we could pave you over. (laughs) So a suplex tried by Malenko turns into a crossbody by Jarrett. He gets two. Uh, Malenko puts on a sleeper. Jarrett turns it into a back suplex. Jarrett then jumps off the middle rope. Dean tries to put his foot up. This is a great... Sequence. He had it scouted. He knew that if he tries to jump onto Malenko, Malenko put his foot up. So Jarrett yep. scouts it, yes. stops, grabs the foot. Figure four. But. Nope. Small package. And saw oh, so many spots. Inside I mean, cradle gets two. Backslide gets two. We are two. talking real wrestling action here. <laughs> Jarrett. <laughs> After the backslide hits a swinging neck breaker. Um, and then uh, they stack each other up uh, and get a series of near falls. Um, Tony asks, how did he get out of that? Heenan says, how do you get in it? (laughs) (laughs) Dean Malenko then makes, on a bad wheel, the fatal mistake of leapfrogging over Jarrett. Hurts his knee on the landing. That opens up a chop block. That opens up a figure four. And just like that, Jeff Jarrett's going to the pay window, if you will. In 14 minutes and 53 seconds, Jeff Jarrett submits Dean Malenko with the figure four to punch his ticket to a U.S. title shot. Curiously enough, the next night, they would actually book Kurt Hennig to beat Mongo in the main event of Nitro to become the U.S. champion. So, oh, really? Yeah. Um, on the fly, obviously, is they're building a challenger for McMichael on the show and then change it the very next night. Uh, Tony says, uh, we have to now step out because the NWO has purchased time on the broadcast. Sabisco says, I'll give them their money back. <laughs> and of all the NWO things that were revolutionary, this is among my favorite. The idea that they yep. would pay for time in the body of yep. a WCW broadcast. Because they had funding. That's right. They had funding. And WCW couldn't turn down the money, so it made sense why they would allow the enemy to take over the show, right? It was just great. Well, it was so you know, good. Uh, we, we, Harvey Schiller wasn't about to accept uh, cash that check. We can't turn down the uh, the revenue, so um, let him let him let him, you know, buy some time. It's fine. <laughs> so Harvey, Harvey, you understand? It's fake. It's not real. You understand that? Like, I booked this shit with Eric. Like, it's not real. We're just telling you the story. I mean, if they're going to give money, that's all that matters. You know, they're buying the time. It's a commercial. Yeah, but I can't. I can't work with these fucking people. (laughs) Jim's going to quit again. If there's one thing we know about Jim, it's that he can't. What? What is wrong with you, son? Why? Like... What don't you understand? I'm telling you right now that this is part of the storyline. 
I just don't, I don't, I can't sit here. I, I go over the books every week and I can't, I can't in good conscience deny anybody, uh, deny the, the, the money coming in. One of the quotes from Schiller, and I quote, <laughs> I, I can't sit here. But don't you understand? No money's coming in. There's no money coming in. Right. Why can't you understand that? How funny is that? Like, he watches the show and he doesn't understand where the money actually landed in the books for that paid spot. Don't you understand that there's there, there there's there's nothing there's nothing coming in? Why? Why? Oh my god! <laughs> Why? Why? I just I, I need I need a vacation. I need a new job. Is what it is. I need a quaalude. <laughs> Someone get Cosby on the phone. <laughs> So topical. Yeah. Doug Dylan is topical. So you can actually hear the crowd pop as they flash the paid <laughs> announcement on the screen. Nash acts like an idiot. We going for a soda and Kurt Henning attacks us. Oh, it's so it's what I was talking about before. It's exactly what I was talking about earlier. It's that click influence mentality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He pretends to cry, walks off the screen. Uh, uh, hashtag uh, sarcasm, right? Has, hashtag sucks. Six says that, uh, guess that the four horsemen finished. Um, I, mean, I don't know what the hell this is. Four horsemen well, they declare that, the, that they'll finish the four horsemen. Okay, thank you. Nash walks back in uh, with the face on. Conan says, uh, you can't kiss no dust tonight. That's what he said. We're going to take care of you. <laughs> Nash says, if you think the NWO is going into war games without a plan, you're wrong. We got one, and it's a doozy. He thinks he's so <laughs> hilarious. Buff says something. Then Nash says, you guys saying you want to go out there and retire the horsemen, finish the four horsemen. Tonight, Kev, it would be an honor, which is a play on Kurt Hennig saying it would be an honor, Arn Anderson, to take your place in the horsemen. So that's your paid advertisement from the New World Order. Not among that's the best. So watered down and crappy. Indeed. Back to the ring. Uh, speaking of crappy, although perhaps not watered <laughs> down. Wrath and Mortis. Yes. Okay. WWE's answer to Mortal Kombat. Oh, my God. Wrath uh, and Mortis come out with their manager, TV's James Lipton from Inside the Actor Studio. <laughs> you win that one. <laughs> you win that sweepstakes all so the way many, down to the first so, name. So many celebrities in Moonlight and professional wrestling. We had Hal Holbrook a couple weeks ago as a referee, and now James <laughs> Lipton is a manager. Yes. Who else? I can't. I'm so excited for the future. James Wiesenberg, of course. Um, and they're facing the Faces of Fear, Meng and the Barbarian in tag more like, action. More like the Feces of Fear. Mm-hmm. Wrath, of course, the former Adam Baum, a.k.a. Brian Clark. Mortis, Chris Canyon. Who better than Canyon? <laughs> many people. And uh, <laughs> this was... Um, they were dressed up like Mortal Kombat characters. Oh, this was awful. When they debuted Glacier, a play on Sub-Zero for Mortal Kombat, they needed to have uh, enemies. What so in the blue hell? Yes. They dressed up... Uh, Glacier, the... the, the, the... I kind of feel bad for the guy. The guy's intro kept pushed back so many times. Oh, it's a running joke. Blood runs cold, and so does the crowd response to this gimmick. <laughs> so we go to the ring. Um, so I got a little. I got a. I, I, according to the Wikipedia, yeah. Apparently, James Vandenberg attempted to try out for the WWE. Sure. In June of 2009. Did you fail a weed test? Uh no. Okay. Uh, uh, the WWE told him. 
he went down to Florida to, to Florida Championship and told him that he needed to pay a thousand dollars and that tryouts had been held five months prior <laughs> in January. Now, if <laughs> if he was actually told that information in that order, to me, that sounds like Vince logic. That sounds like get the fuck out of here. Oh, what you like. know what you need? I want you to do is you need to pay me a thousand dollars. No, you you can't you can't try out because tryouts happened in January. But I want your thousand dollars. <laughs> no, you, you can't you can't leave here until you pay me the money. Look, you have you have two options. <laughs> you can pay me the money, or you can pay me the money. What works for you? I'll tell you what, I'll give you a third option. Yeah, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Vince doesn't hesitate to go there ever. I've noticed. Rocking a hard place, isn't it? That's right. I just sit here in Florida Championship Wrestling, by the way, waiting for newbies like yourself. Marks. Marks. Hmm? Oh, you. Yeah. Oh, you're a manager in the WC. The WCW. He says. He says. Marks. <laughs> the yeah. is the money. You still um, <laughs> you still think it's real, do you? Yeah. You worked in the business, and you still think it's real. Well, you're a fucking idiot, and you're so stupid. I'm gonna take your goddamn money. Give me that thousand dollars. <laughs> I love the tone of voice. The tone does it. Give me that thousand dollars. He's so cocky. He <laughs> to be calls him a fucking idiot. <laughs> now give me that thousand dollars. And he thinks it's gonna happen. <laughs> so I'm glad you looked that up about James Vanderbrug. <laughs> that hilarious. Oh, it's pretty funny. That hilarious. <laughs> so that reminds me. By the way, did you did you see this? Um, there's. Let me see if I can find it. Um. The there was a, a, a someone posted on the um on the uh the Cold Stone mm-hmm. podcast recently. Uh, let me see if I can find it. It's really it's worth it. It's worth it. Sure. Yeah. Um. He wrote. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Loading. Come on, come on. This, come of on, course, on. is the lapsed He's hands a... take on the Steve yes. Vince podcast. If you haven't, fucking watch it. He says, this was like, I guess a week ago. It's to the point where I don't accept Vince McMahon as Vince McMahon. Yes. I accept this guy, me, as Vince, LOL. It's like you can tell this is all the shit Vince wants to say but holds back. Ding, 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 ding. No matter what angle is brought to Vince, he is just a pissed off, bitter guy who hates everyone. Yes. Here's the real kicker. I've listened to this twice already. You're damn fucking right you have. Yeah, and it won't be the last time either. Mm, and you're going to listen to it again and again and again because it's like you're constantly getting fucked. <laughs> trying to reach that orgasm, but you can't just make it. We don't give it to you. We won't let you come. <laughs> We're just going to keep fucking you. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Tony informs us that all four men in this match, Wrath, Mortis, Mang, and Barbarian, are well-schooled in the (laughs) martial... No, they're well-schooled in the martial arts. 
Okay, what the fuck that means? <laughs> Dude, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to skip ahead here. I don't know if you have this as a note down, but it's just so goddamn money. Tony, later on in the match, informs us, or reminds us actually, that Mortis has been trained in various forms of fighting, including, you sitting down, the martial arts and kick fighting. <laughs> I think he said pit fighting. Oh, did he say pit? I like mine better. Kick fighting's funnier. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I could have sworn he said kick fighting. They just kick each other? Like, well, it's it's like he meant pit fighting and kickboxing, and he came up with kick fighting. <laughs> Remember, Mortis, well-schooled in many styles of fighting. Martial arts, pit fighting, he's been around the world. And uh, he is truly one of the most dangerous men we've seen in a long, long time, and one of the most mysterious. <laughs> also, yes. it's fucking Chris Canyon, for God's sake. Thank Jesus, you. you think he's got any worthwhile experience? Zabisco <laughs> so goes off on this tangent about Darwin, and he yes. says something about well-behaved, and a gorilla is well-shaved. <laughs> what the fuck? Tony literally goes, okay, right on the, the air. The gates are open to Larry Land. More like lousy Zabisco. <laughs> More like lamey Zabisco. <laughs> right. um, so but, Heenan says you have to keep them hungry. This is how you take care of Megan Barbarian. He's speaking from experience. He would know, absolutely. He, uh, he managed the feces of fear at the main seven. <laughs> he says you have to keep them hungry and promise them food and not give it to them. <laughs> sounds like the lapsed fan, doesn't it? I know, right? It, that sounds like us. Um, um, do you think uh, uh, you think the Barbarian would continually try to convince Bischoff to give him another world title program? I'm sure he would. <laughs> I sure. did it. Uh, I, you know, I, I did it uh, with uh, Ron Simmons in '92. I could, I could do it again. I like that Samoan accent. Why don't you? Uh, could I do the? Um, Put me over. Could I? Could I do a program with Hogan? Nothing more pathetic than a guy like who's a total afterthought on the roster getting an audience with Bischoff and asking, "Can I, uh, can I do a program with Hogan?" I, I th- no. I, I mean, I, 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 I think it would draw. I think it would draw. <laughs> you sound real confident, Barb's. I think. I mean, I think it would draw. <laughs> okay. I just, I just, you know. I think that that I did pretty well with Ron back in 92. I think we did a good job. (laughs) Inspired pitch. The barbarian. Really a vision guy. (laughs) You know, I I, I used to draw with the powers of pain. So, uh, back to the match. (laughs) Bischoff is like, I didn't even know you were in my office. (laughs) (laughs) Checking my email over here. I'm at wcbwrestling.com. Uh... (laughs) So, Mortis, uh, birth name Rigger. WCW.com. <laughs> so, Mortis, uh, birth name Rigger, <laughs> is going to work here, and uh, <laughs> 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 Ian says, if we could get a little bit of, uh, no, wait a minute, Larry says, if we could get a little bit of Barbarian and Dean Malenko, he would be unbeatable. Again, Larry's obsession with Dean Malenko somehow not being aggressive. Bobby Heenan answers, if we could get a little bit of Barbarian and Martha Stewart, she'd be unbeatable. <laughs> there you go, That's Bobby. Funny. I missed that one. We're, yeah. uh, more of that, Bobby. I missed that, Bobby. So Meng misses a corner splash. Larry says he just jumped into oblivion, which sounds like he's never going to land. He's just going to keep falling. 
keeps falling. In. It's a it's a bottomless pit. Tony uh, declares we have a brawl oh. at Fall Brawl. Oh, God. Um, as these five, four powerhouses go at it, <laughs> super heavyweights, as they're referred to several times on commentary, Wrath uh, hits super a super fatty weights. <laughs> hits a middle rope clothesline that drops Meng. Uh, Meng gets on offense, and it sounds like he's saying, "Hustle, oh sure, ah uh, ah, uh, hustle, oh sure, ah uh. hustle, hustle, hustle." I've seen the barbarian walk in hustle. and out of places. Uh, oh, here we go, <laughs> Larry. <laughs> I've seen the barbarian walk out of places and headbutt a bus, and he won. Uh, <laughs> Heenan. And the bus was moving. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Mortis back. I'd, 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 I would, I'd, I'd, I'd watch a show with just Larry and Bobby doing commentary. Yeah, there's some promising glimpses here, isn't there? Flashes of brilliance, maybe. Uh, Mortis is backdropped into a Meng into, by Meng into Barbarian for a yeah. stiff powerbomb. Pretty crazy. Then Larry, Larry has your zinger. He does. He goes, they just put the rigger in mortis. Thanks, Larry. All the way from the rigger in mortis. All the way from Pittsburgh. Pump handle slam. Tony says mortis is almost every bit of three hundred pounds. First of all, he's not. Second of all, what does it mean to be almost every bit of something? (laughs) If he's almost, he's not every bit. Meng shouts through clotheslines, like literally, ah, when people try to clothesline him. He then grabs knife edge chops. Mortis goes flying. Oh, He's working so hard out there. <laughs> like, please, please, I can do this. Coach, I can let me this. bump. Coach, let me bump. I'll do it for free. You don't, you don't have to pay me. Let me bump. I just need to bump. I'll show you. He needs it. He feels like a a, yeah. a quiver in his back that needs to bump. Like a, a completely worthless being, <laughs> born to bump. <laughs> <laughs> but coach, I was born to bump. Sounds like a D-shirt to me. Barbarian climbs the ropes. That's a lap shirt if I ever heard one. I like that. Born to bump. Born your to way. bump. Get us up to two thousand followers, and we can right. actually do that shit. Seven hundred more, and we can give you some shirts. Barbarian climbs the ropes. Vandenberg gets up, trips him up, and crotches him. Mortis goes up for a superplex, but nope. Uh, he gets headbutted off. Barbarian then jumps into a boot. Wrath sneaks in and hits a bicycle kick that drops Barbarian. Uh, Vandenberg being chased at ringside by Meng. Back in the ring, there's a combination neckbreaker and sit-out powerbomb by Wrath and Mortis. Uh, they get a two as Meng makes the save. Um, Rath Tony and- says that this match is for heavy hitters. Oh, boy. <laughs> Rath uh, kind of does a Vader bomb. Bam, this match is for heavy hitters. That time. Hits an elbow off the middle rope, gets two. Um, Mortis with a rocker dropper off the middle rope, which was his finish. That only gets two. Uh, Rathen goes up top, flying clothesline. Tony says it wasn't really a lariat because he caught him with a fist to the face. Okay. Mortis throws steps into Barbarian's head at ringside while they're on the floor. Uh, Tony says sometimes there's a frustration level by our athletes. <laughs> About, he's talking about how you keep beating someone down, they kick out it too. Yeah, yeah. And that's how he phrases it. Sometimes there's a frustration level by our athletes. Okay. So look at the HR director <laughs> talking to like the paycheck company about how uh, like they don't get the check on time. Sometimes there's a there's a frustration with our with our athletes. <laughs> Power of doom. Uh, I like to work on uh, you know, morale mm. in and about the ring. There's a okay. tower. Can we, can we work on that, please? Yes, yeah, sure. We'll get please. we'll get right on it, boss. 
I mean, poor poor Jimmy Barnett. The guy the guy has a nervous breakdown every fifteen minutes. <laughs> I mean, that is not right. <laughs> the Time Warner HR, he's like corporate level, doesn't know anything about wrestling, just knows there's these weirdos. I, I, now, now, look, I don't, I don't know, I don't know much about the game you guys play. I don't mm-hmm. know much about your game, but what I do know is that I, 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 I think we can, we, we can just, you know, boost morale and respect each other a little. <laughs> There's no reason that a hard worker like, 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 like that Jimmy Barnett, he. <laughs> There's no reason for him to be so stressed all the time. Does <laughs> <laughs> he a character of the office? Really does. Really, really does. <laughs> Just awesome. The book, more like the booking office. What a sitcom that would be. All, all these. Car- friend, you know, my friend had an idea like that. I shouldn't say it on the air. No, yeah, don't give spoil away his, it. His I won't idea. spoil it. I know people steal that shit. So Tony, um, anyway, pa- uh, Tower of Doom spot on Mortis. Uh, he gets on Wrath's shoulders and hits a superplex. It's a long ride, and uh, the man end up hurting most of all is Mortis. Tony says. Uh, I have I have a question. Yeah. Why is this match still going on? <laughs> no, seriously. This is the like twelve minutes. Yeah, bad. That's how long this match is? Bad decision. Feels like thirty with these fucking hot air balloons. Both tag out. Men gets the first hot oh. tag of his life. That's something to see. <laughs> Rapid People, fire I, chops. It's the first time that anyone's ever been excited to see Meng. Oh man, Rapid fire chops like he's eating at the chop house. Um, <laughs> Heenan calls him the human. It's down the street. It's down the street from from here. It is. Yeah. There's chop house. <laughs> Heenan calls Meng the human vegematic. <laughs> Austin open hand slap drops Mortis, then a big boot. There's a center ring power slam for two. Larry says these guys are beyond the science. I'd say. I'd say that Idiot. for sure. <laughs> That'd be a good t-shirt too. Beyond the science. Beyond the science of sports entertainment. And just an image on the back of just two Greeks grappling. <laughs> beyond the science. So uh, Larry, uh, okay, top rope splash by Meng gets two. Yeah, that's right. Top rope splash by Meng here at the '97 Fall Brawl. Um, Tony said, "Were he and Heenan tight backstage for real?" I don't know. Mm. Wouldn't surprise me, but I do not know the answer to that question, my friend. Meng snatches uh, Vander Vanderberg, pulls him onto the top rope, hang him out to dry, and has the uh, double Tonga grip. That's right, the Tongan death grip on the throat. Mortis comes in. He gets uh, Tongan death grip as well. So he's got two arms extended, Vanderberg and Mortis in the grip. But this allows Wrath to just sneak right in under one of the arms, hit the big Uranagi slam, which he called the death penalty. Sambo suplex. And it's good for one, two, and three. 12 minutes, 22 seconds, as you said, boss. Wrath and Mortis defeat the faces of fear. Batten down the hatches. Wrath and Mortis. It is too long, but it's surprisingly good for guys of this size. But it's just, I mean... Easily shave five minutes off that, yeah, and I'd be okay. I mean, it was just way too long for, for these fucking bloated bimbos. Gene is with Flair, Benoit, and Mongo. Three of the four. Mm. Benoit gives an awful promo. Yeah, he was never I mean, he that was, good. I mean, he got better, but he mm-hmm. was bad here. He was really bad, and and Mongo isn't that much better. I don't think. No, Mongo, a little bit more bombastic, a little more. You know, um, boisterous with his voice, but uh, yeah, didn't say much. I was surprised, like, because Mongo had so much time 
as doing commentary. Yeah, they brought him in. You'd think he would have done a better job with promos, but nope. Well, uh, they talk about how there's a somber mood in the locker room because of what happened to Kurt Hennig. Um, Gene says he does not know his status, even though throughout the broadcast, Tony constantly advertises Gene as getting us the scoop on Kurt Hennig's um, injury status. He does not once give us an update, which does not exactly engender confidence to pick up that phone and dial the 900 number, but anyway. (laughs) So, Gene, uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, Gene is truly going to be an honor to give the NWO a taste of reality. Conan, we all know you're the biggest wannabe happening. Oh. Be this sounds like the biggest wannabe promo happening. Um, six, but a number. Oh. Bagwell, <laughs> we all know what the buff is about. We do? About, about. We, we know what the buff is about? What, what, we do? I don't What is don't it about? Know. What are you trying to say? Is he gay? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh. And Nash, Nash, well, you've been so many different characters. We don't know what you're about. <laughs> what the what fuck is- are you talking about? Seriously, what he's are been you the talking same about? character? He came in as an invader, and he's still the invader. Right. If by so many characters you mean one by the name of Kevin Nash, then fine. But or do you mean may, are, are are you trying to be smart and talk about Vinny Vegas and Oz and uh, Diesel? Maybe he's talking about the so. fact that he was just dressed up like Arn Anderson two weeks ago on Nitro. Maybe that's an op. That's a possibility. Does, does that constitute so many characters? No. Which is my point. Mongo gets the mic. You run around playing those little games all you want, but listen up, you idiots. <laughs> I don't get them. Do you know what the Armageddon is? The four horsemen are beginning. Are well, I know it's a pay-per-view down. in two years in WWE. Bringing down the, the apocalypse Armageddon. on you tonight, he says. Okay. Um, so Gene turns to Rick, and Rick says, Gene Okerlund. If I ever thought, do you have the promo? I don't have the promo. I want to get that Minnesota lisp in there. That's right. If I ever thought about quitting when my back was against the wall, I would not be here. Hookerland! <laughs> Hennig is down. That's the price you pay for being a horseman. But somehow, I know that they can put Hennig together. He'll walk that aisle, and he'll stand tall. In the meantime, Nash, and I'm talking to you, big man, right next to me. Hogan! Pop- Hogan! 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 You son of a bitch! Now, what does he say? The greatest? This is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> the greatest? The greatest. So Minnesota. I know, right? In the meantime, Nash, and I'm talking to you, big man, right next to me. Five times. All pro. And in his leisure time, wears a Super Bowl ring. He's talking about Mongo. In his leisure time, he wears the He's ring. He's talking about Benoit. Like that's, <laughs> like that's something to do when you have time. In my leisure time, I like to golf. Oh, in my leisure time, I like to wear this fucking ring. So dumb. Also next to me, they call him the Crippler, Flair says. But he's the best wrestler alive today. Wow, there's the endorsement. You think, you think he shares that sentiment today? Now? Yeah, I, I think he'd be hard-pressed. <laughs> I think he resembles that remark. He's the greatest, the greatest wrestler of my life. <laughs> of my life. He was the greatest wrestler of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is over now. So, um, over. so uh, he says, Rick says, as you so fondly want to talk about it, this tired old body is more heart, more desire. Yes, more soul and more reality. <laughs> that the NWO will ever know. 
And in Winston-Salem, whether it be 3, 4, 2, 1, we will bleed, we will sweat, and you will pay the price for life. And he throws up the four fingers. I, um, I, I don't know why I didn't write that down. Actually, I don't know why I didn't write any of these down for this whole bit. I literally have so little written for this moment. Yes. But it's really fucking hilarious, it, all of it. It's pretty funny, and Flair does a good promo. And, yeah. Uh, we go to the back to the ring. It's time for Scott Norton to make that walk to the B-roll NWA theme. NWA theme? NWO theme, pardon me. Um, this is a dream match. Tony goes on an interesting rant at this point. He says, you know, for the past year, I've heard a lot of lip service from the people in WCW saying that they want to stand up to the NWO. Where are you now? Kurt is hurt and nobody's mm-hmm. stepping up. Uh, yes. You know, if someone would step in and take his place, if Kurt is down, I'm going to implore, Tony says, other WCW athletes. Um, WCW, if we are short one man, we need you. Uh, the NWO, if they were short one man, someone would step in for them. I always right. thought this was such a great part of the NWO angle. Yep. How Tony would offer these pleas on the air for like civil. It's not civility, but like for fairness, you know, for like. Yeah, it's like it's like you know. I mean, really, what he's preaching is fight fire with fire. That's right. You know, we can't we can't we can't sit here and try to play by the rules. We need to play by their rules. So good. So true. And there's a great bit, you know, I'll, I'll quote him later on, but he has a couple a couple doozies like that uh, later on during um, uh, the tag match. I'm sure he does, indeed. Great. It's the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast with Jack Encarnacio and J.P. Sorrow. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast. So, uh, here comes the giant holding up the giant uh-huh. chokeslam hands. And, I, think, uh, I think the trick of this match mm-hmm. is to see how long they can make five minutes feel. <laughs> and they, they try. The Giant versus Scott Norton. Uh, Giant hits a raw clothesline early, putting Norton to the floor. To the floor they go. Uh, Norton pushes off of a slam and hits show into the post. Larry says, quote, he hit the pole. Tony, he really did hit the pole. That, that time, fans. <laughs> he took a pole. Norton. <laughs> Who wants to see this match? He pulled low. Nobody responded. Norton, because, you know, it's time to do a five-star match, takes a suplex on the floor. It's such an ass. Because he's going to bump for I the industry. Scott Norton. <laughs> he really pisses me off. Like, what a worthless piece of shit. Come on. What a worthless piece of shit. Uh, Why does he piss a, you off? I don't know. He's just a block of flesh. It's like <laughs> block of flash. <laughs> a block of flab. Like, I don't know. I mean... Did he have any worth, or was he just a body? <laughs> well, uh, he had a pretty good run in Japan. He was IWGP champ, and he was pushed pretty hard there. But he was never anything special as far as like ability. He just wasn't. I'm not afraid. But they gave him a belt in Japan. They did, yeah. They the land of ability. They gave him a belt. It's true. Yeah, it's bizarre. Did he sounds. draw? <laughs> he did okay. Yeah, he did all right. The territory to draw in Japan. That's right. I run Japan, Scott. WWE is everywhere. <laughs> You're going to work to draw. You're just going to work like a fucking freight train. <laughs> that's Don't a fuck t- with me, son. That's the t-shirt. Work to draw. That's, that's it. That is it. Work to draw. Um, so <laughs> Imagine like walking down the street like a, a random person sees that. Oy, work to draw. What the fuck does that mean? I don't understand. It's like what you have no talent as an illustrator. That's right. hard work for you, you have to, to work. Heenan, I don't understand. Go ahead. Sorry, Heenan invokes, for the first time in the whole show, Hulk Hogan and Bischoff. He says, whatever happened yes. perfect earlier came down from Bischoff and Hogan. you got to know it. And so, there's a neat thing here, too, in this bit. Where Larry, Larry is wondering why people join the NWO and what right. they see in the group. And, and, and Heenan tells uh, uh, Larry that, that Hogan and Bischoff have come up with these lies and yes. deceit and money yes. and all these things, and they cl- it clouds the wrestlers' minds. And you don't know what smoke and mirrors they're putting in these guys' minds to get them to jump. See, Larry, you don't know what kind of money they're offering. You don't know what kind of lies and smoke screens Bischoff and Hogan have put in all these guys' minds. Delusions of grandeur, eh? So Heenan's dead serious about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Giant tries to climb back in the ring, his clothesline down as he enters. Um... Heenan says at one point, Giant may be the most awesome man on this earth. Giant has got a man crush. Apparently. Uh, That's Bobby, by the way, who said that. Oh, it was Bobby? Bobby's got a giant crush. Oh, damn right. Fans. Giant takes a back suplex, shoots up his chokeslam hand from the mat. Like he's Uh. coming alive, climbing out of the grave. And And uh, doesn't he he 
Oh, wait. Go ahead. Keep going. He kips up. Yeah, right. Okay, fine. You were there. I wasn't sure if you were there already. He does. He, he, he kips up. He grabs a rope, and he kips up like he's Shawn fucking Michaels at the Giants' proportions. And um, Giants' reputation long was that he always wanted to try risky, overly athletic things for someone of his size. In fact, he was working on a moonsault, a shooting star press at Jesus. one point, and he was obsessed with doing them, and he, he was constantly talked off the ledge by... Uh, trainers to not try these things well, in the ring because they made a when um, when the horsemen were inducted into the uh, into the hall of fame um when anderson when arn was up i think we talked about it on on the on the journey mm-hmm. but um uh, uh arn anderson talked about how big shows coming up to him saying hey i want to go i want to do uh i want to do a drop kick from the top rope to the floor right and he's like no 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 you, you can't you can't can't do that okay it's you're, you're you're too valuable i don't know about that but but that's what he told him there's there's a bit uh i i missed before in the middle of this match yeah where norton lifts the giant and spikes his throat over the top rope mm-hmm. and tony completely buries the moment saying well fans it doesn't take much to drop the giant on his throat because he's so tall okay tony so much for that lifting <laughs> what about 400 back yeah, right. What about the fact that Norton lifted that fat bitch up? It <laughs> doesn't mean anything, apparently. Oh, well, <laughs> I, learned, I learned this. This is great. Oh, shit. I said, I think the underseller learned his moveset from Scott Norton. Kick, kick, punch, elbow, elbow, arm bar. <laughs> <laughs> what a shooter. The underseller's set, pretty much. Strike, strike, pure, strike, strike, pure. <laughs> Sprinkle the pure in there. Um, so after that's, he, that, that, that's the kind of that's the kind of water filter he has too. He has pure, pure, right? Oh fuck! Pure, pure <laughs> strike water. <laughs> strike water. That's right. You can strike oil. You can strike water. Is that like? Pure. You know, is that like Evian? <laughs> like a competitor in the water space. Uh, so um. After God. he kips up, he kind of runs wild as a babyface comeback. The giant does. Hits a headbutt. Fans get on their feet as he hits a drop kick. That's pretty awesome. Crowd pops cool. for that. And then the choke slam polishes him off. One, two, three, five minutes, 27 seconds. The giant defeats Scott Norton at Fall uh, Brawl 97. Heenan calls him Ed Norton. He does? Yeah, he does. Bizarre. At, at one point, um, it was up in the air running into the show whether yeah. it would be Giant and the Horseman in the cage or if it would be Hennig and the Horseman in the cage. They were interchanging yeah. the ideas, yeah. I'll, I don't know if uh, Giant would have been plugged into this whole turn on him at the end. He'd already done that before. Uh, it was kind of a loner at this point. So uh, I don't think they would have, but that was uh, the plan uh, to consider him as well in the match. DDP comes out to uh, the fake music, as we mentioned earlier. Um and it's to the ring as uh, Diamond Dallas Page and Lex Luger face. I, I love, yeah. Randy Savage and Scott Hall. Go ahead. I, I love when wrestlers during this era were quote unquote representing WCW. Yes. And then representing the NWO because they're separate organizations. Yep. It's cool. It was really neat. Like I, I, I enjoyed the, the lengths of the details despite some of the crappy booking that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the the detail they went to. Well, they're going full steam ahead into that famous Nitro um, 
let me try to remember the exact timetable here so I don't fuck it up. Yeah, that, that Nitro in December of this year where um, they turn it over to the NWO. The NWO completely takes over the third hour of Nitro, removes the WCW set from Nitro, replaces it with an NWO set with their own announcers, and they make a go of actually doing an NWO brand. And uh, 98, the pay-per-views would be labeled WCW slash NWO Super Brawl, and everything would carry both brand names. So what happened there, though? Was that like – what are they? how do they explain that in the story? Like did – was there a merger? Yeah, well, they kind of just – you know, I don't think they signed any official paperwork on, on in terms of uh, angles or anything. But it was kind of like the fact that they successfully took over Nitro meant that the happy compromise was that – they would always carry both organizations' names so that they wouldn't take over again. That was kind of the the message that they they sent hmm. after they. But the when they took over that segment, it wasn't a very successful segment in terms of ratings. It actually didn't it, didn't it drop like a whole point. Yeah, it did poorly. And the third hour of Nitro is supposed to be the highest. It's it, it's the biggest thing. I think one of the biggest contributions to the to the downfall of WCW was the fact that they that WCW really thought that the NWO was um, superior. The, well, the, no, the, the attitude for fans was we like the NWO instead of we like to hate the NWO. Right. You know? We want it to a, never end as opposed difference. to we want people to come back. We, and... Right. We want, we, we love the, the freshness of it all, but we want WCW to, to, to conquer. In and the to end. take the reins back. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, DDP and Luger, huge baby faces, hugely over oh, on this show. Oh, my God. For exactly that reason, because they were two of the greatest hopes to take over the NWO. Luger yep. had just beaten Hogan for the belt on Nitro the month before. DDP had beaten Savage, at that time an NWO member, uh, at Spring Stampede of that year and broken through as a single star. So, yeah, you can sense it. Um, Larry starts ripping on Scott at this point, says, when I was active, I would have wiped the mat with Scott Hall. He's so easy to mm. beat, it's funny. So, you know, uh, something I did not mention over the course of the show, but, um, I meant to the, the, uh, the, the Turnertron yeah. is not, I found it interesting that it's not showing character music videos. Nope. It's showing the incidents and angles that led to the match. Right. Like pull apart brawls and things. Right. Kind of neat. Yeah, because it, it isn't about the guy coming down the aisle. The The video actually shows um, the, the match. Like it'll say on the screen, right. DDP Luger versus, but, and then they'll then show they'll the angles. Show, yeah, right. They'll show the angles. That's right. the cool part. Uh, Hall and Luger lock up first. Uh, Luger pushes him By off. By the way, I just want to say, mm. Elizabeth yeah? is looking hot. Pretty interesting, huh? All the way in 97? My God. Heel Elizabeth. She, I mean, the, the, I, I think, I think a lot of it had to do with the, the highlights in her hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, but she was just fucking smoking hot. Fall brawl ninety seven, boss. Is uh, is is uh, is Luger giving her his uh, total package? I don't honestly? think so. No, I feel like that was more ninety nine ish. Okay. Yeah, they actually were an item on TV too. I think when he came out with that stupid gimmick where he had like a, the planet like the like a Saturn on his trunks in ninety nine. Oh yeah. Oh um, god. And. And there were an item on TV at that point as well. Uh, so they lock up. Luger. So who she? Who she, Do you know who she was with? Was she back with Savage? I think she may have been with Savage. Um, That's so weird to me. I could be wrong because eventually I mean, he started dating that gorgeous George ugh. girl. It's all weird. This whole thing, like I don't know. This, yeah. 
It's so incestual, this business. Oh, needless to say. Absolutely. It is so, it's so, I mean, and they, everyone's fucking everybody. It's like theater. And then they book it's you, the you know, if, you, if you're with someone backstage, they book you to break up on TV so that they can, like, watch as you fall apart. Because we're going to have, we're going to have, you know, I mean, it just, the relationship doesn't fit the characters anymore. Okay, all of a sudden. So we got to break you up. And, That's right. And um, I know it's going to be hard for you, but we got to, you know, you're going to have to, 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 to move the storyline along. You're going to have to get together with other people and you're going to have to watch your, you know, your boyfriend or your girlfriend have sex on TV <laughs> with another person. Right. It's storyline. And, and it's all, you know. Just, a, just entertainment we're doing here. I don't know why you take it so seriously. You no, know, we want nothing too graphic on, on the cable television, but. On on the pay per views, we're going to show penetration. <laughs> we're turning but a new corner. Just you know, be aware of that when right. it's just all fake. So you're not you're not really cheating, even though there's penetration. Classic Luger lines everywhere. And I love it. I we love know how those the go. Luger lines that don't connect. You, you almost connect, and then you th- throw your arm up throw in the your- air as. As if the puppet on the end of a string. Just up go the arms. Uncontrollable. Right. Luger lines for the NWO. Gorilla press for By the Savage. Way, let's not, but let's not forget about the... In, that, <laughs> let's not forget about uh, Luger and Hall engaging in a long, yeah. long collar and elbow tie-up to show their wrestling prowess. <laughs> okay. Let's not forget. I, I chose to forget, but I suppose we can take the opposite tact. Uh Lex lifts up Savage and gives him a gorilla press slam from the top to the floor onto Scott Hall. DDP gets the tag. Tony says a lot of times DDP doesn't care if he wins or loses. Larry said DDP went from the gutter to the penthouse. Mm-hmm. By the way, the crowd pops huge for DDP. He was very over. The diamond cutter was over. He was over. Um, he was a breakout star in 1997. That's simple. Uh, front pile driver by they, Page, Dex Savage. Winning the title, was that when he won the title? Nine mm-hmm. was that was what was he kind of it, it always seems to me that he was uh, it was a little too late it was a little too late yes okay. yeah yeah I, I think so it was not the height of his babyface popularity I don't know if he was ever so over as a babyface that they would have accepted a world title run in ninety seven though um, and in ninety nine he was sort of a heel when he won it and kind of repackaged in a way it, it was you know ninety nine was probably just as good as any other year they would have put the belt on him but. I, yeah. I think my point is, I don't think he w- it was ever quite at that level anyway. And it was kind of like propped up to a certain sure. degree. So there you go. Um, DDP trips up Savage, who comes off the top on DDP. Heat on yeah. DDP for a while. Uh, thrown from one rung to the other. Uh, one ring, rather, to the other. So DDP gets tossed I, all the I way into this, the other ring. Yeah. I, I love this idea. But before um, before that, that, that happened, though, because um, Luger, by that point, somehow fell in between the ring. In, in between oh, that's the right. Rings. Yes. I don't know how the fuck that happened. But before that, um, I wanted to mention, because I loved, I loved the idea of the camaraderie and desperation from the WCW side. It was yeah. really authentic and cool. And as we've talked about, even in the commentary team, because at this point, Tony sa- says that he's gonna, he's telling Luger from the commentary area to get the referee out of his way and hit the NWO whenever he can. Yes. I'm telling Luger, move the referee out of the way and get your shots in. Come on. 
This is war. That's what it is. It's war. I love when they get all fired up at the NWO yeah. getting their asses kicked. Great it's stuff. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's 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 great. And then you so you mentioned though that DDP going over the top rope on, into the second ring, um, and there's a question by the announce team regarding whether or not DDP going over the top rope into the second ring should be considered a, dis- a disqualification because oh, wow. that was still the rules. Their theory of why it wasn't a DQ is that since DDP didn't hit the floor, yes, then the rule doesn't count. Right. My theory on the matter is that's not the finish, brother. <laughs> Hard to argue with that logic. So. Hall um, then goes in the other ring where DDP is and yeah. knocks out the ref. Mark Curtis, bang, out, done. And then um, what Tony, does he do? What does he do? Crotch chop. That's right. Stands over him and in a nod to his WWE brethren, gives a little crotch chop. And uh, Tony says these refs are scared to death, okay? They're, they act calm, cool, and collected, but they're horrified to referee NWO matches because attacks yep. just like that. Mickey J yep. comes out. Um, Curtis's uh, Mark Curtis's colleague and kind of hovers over him to check to see if it's okay. And Scott, what a heel, just stomps the back of his well, head. Before someone, before someone, by the way, I'm, I will get a correction about the crotch chop because uh, uh, I'm sure someone will say and uh, to uh, us, DX didn't exist. DX didn't exist at the time. As noted before, if you're if you're a true listener to, to the lapsed fan, two two times by the way, there are two times that I can tell you on pay-per-view from my memory where the crotch chop was seen before this. Number one, we saw Hall do it. Uh, uh, we're 99% sure we saw Hall do it at In Your House 4 mm-hmm. in 95. Also, we saw it SummerSlam 97. We haven't seen it here in the Laps fan, but in SummerSlam 97, when Shawn Michaels comes out as the special guest referee, he does the pose and then gets a little crotch chop. There you go. Two so, documented examples. It was there. So Mickey J hovers over Brian Curtis, and he gets stomped in the back of the head by Scott Hall. Hall. I love the way he kind of like sneaks around the ring. Right. I'm going to get up behind him. Boots him in the face. And Larry has had enough. He drops the headset. You can hear the, 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 the rustling of the headset as he drops it. You hear him go, that's it. Damn it. He says, damn it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting up. He's pissed. He, so he makes the walk down the aisleway. The crowd's popping big. They're all chanting Larry. He's walking down there in his golf polo, and he gets like, up on the apron. Hall is just so fired up. He's doing his they have um. A match? Yeah, they, have a they did. I think it was in January because or Super Brawl because the December match, the Starcade match, was Bischoff and Zabisco. And then I think they actually got around to the Hall match in uh, February of '98, if memory serves that correctly. That seems like a like a lifetime after yeah they did right it, it was all building it was seemed to be building the starcade but they did this late detour to bischoff and zabisco instead of zabisco and hall don't ask me why um i think maybe hall ran into tough times as far as like drunk his health. Times, anyway. yeah yeah drunk times is what i'm saying um so he gets up in the apron hall's all fired up and um luger at this point, peeks his head up between yeah. the two rings. As you mentioned, he'd been thrown um, in the small space in between the two rings at a certain point in the match. He reemerges at this point. Hall's back is to him. So this this bit though, yeah. this bit between these guys, uh, between Hall and Zabisco, gave me goosebumps. Absolutely. Oh, I was so right back amazing. there. Yep. I forgot how over Zabisco was um, at this point in time. And so he's going face-to-face with Hall. Hall's kind of like trying to like slap box him and, and intimidate him. Finally, yep. 
Luger kind of positions himself behind Hall. Zabisco responds by giving Hall a shove. Hall stumbles back into a schoolboy roll-up by Luger, and all of a sudden, what do you know? Larry Zabisco is a deputized WCW referee. He registers the one, two, three, and it counts. Zabisco counts the fall on a Hall's shoulders. In 10 minutes, 19 seconds, Lex Luger and Diamond Dallas Page defeat Scott Hall and Randy Savage. You know, I normally don't like those bogus yep. pinfall finishes. I always feel let down. But it works here. I love this one. Yes. I fucking loved it. And Tony's saying, and he, he, he covers up for it immediately. He starts saying, yep. you know what? They want to make up their own rules and run by their own rules around here. Okay, well, we just ran by our own rules. Larry counts the fall. You lost. Go home, Tony says. How great is it? Yes. Yep. Yes. They want to make their own rules. We'll make our own rules. We'll make our own rules. You lost. Go home. Yeah, you can lose more light. And we're going to run. <laughs> so, um, it's fantastic. It's so good. So uh, that's that piece of business. Heenan says, um, says uh, that they can lose for life. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I love when they're all jubilant about the NWO getting theirs. So great. Great television. Um, so there you go. Uh, the burner is now turned up on the Larry Zabisco Scott Hall program. Back to Gene Okerlund, who still doesn't know the physical status of Kern Hennig. Know the physical status of his own body. But tonight on the hotline with Ross Foreman and Arn Anderson, you're going to hear more of Arn Anderson's response to the AWS parody of him for just $1.59 a minute. We get a... So, go ahead. What are you going to say? Oh, Halloween Havoc ad. Hold on, hold on. Before we get I there. I know. Yep. Gene says... Uh-oh. That... It is plugging the hotline because all the results of Fall Brawl will be on the hotline. I know, I know. Why the fuck would I call the hotline for the results of Fall Brawl? So true. After watching the show live. Right, if I can see you advertising it, I've already bought the pay-per-view. Right. I don't need to spend more money. And, I, and, and, if, I, and if I did spend more money, I'm a fucking idiot. So true. A fucking idiot. Well, anyway. well observed. There's a, a promo yep. for Halloween Havoc, which features Randy Savage. Savage welcomes us to his world where apparently, I didn't know this, but every night is Halloween. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my world. Every night is Halloween. There's no way. Out. That's what he says. Um, and... It's like, okay, I didn't know that he was into that dark stuff, but all right. He says that there's no way out. Right. Curious that only a few months after this promo, the WWE would hold its first no way out pay-per-view. <laughs> I wonder if he set it in motion. He very well may have. Patterson, get the fuck in here. You see that promo for... Their, their, their Halloween program. Mm-hmm. He said, no way out. It's a good name. Mm-hmm. I think we should use it. We should, we should have a, a show in February. Let's, let's book a pay-per-view. Yep. Okay. No way out okay. of Texas. No way. Uh, okay. Texas. We're in Texas, Vince. What do you think? Amarillo. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Who gives a fuck? Laredo. Oh, you're such a fucking idiot. It just doesn't matter. It's a good damn title. You'll draw. I'd buy that show. In fact, make sure you schedule. We're going to do 300,000 buys just from the WWE. 
because I don't think anyone else will buy it, but we got to buy it to make sure it seems like a success. So you got to hook up the cable boxes. The 300,000 cable boxes we have downstairs. I'm putting you, I'm putting you in charge of that. You got to put, hook up the cable boxes and, 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 and make sure they're all separate accounts so we can buy the show. It's like the fucking International Space Station down there. And you put, you put, you put it, you get to hire people to man the boxes. Because we need the buys. Don't be doing any of those black boxes either. We need to count the money. Count, count the draw. <laughs> now, Vince, it does kind of beg the question as far as counting the money. I mean, <laughs> you, you order it 300,000 times. That money goes out the door. That just comes back to you. Why not just not bother with buying it and hold on to it in the first place? I don't remember putting you in charge, Fat Fatterson. Well, that's true. It's hard to so do me a favor before I kick your goddamn wrinkly ass. Yep. Get the fuck out of my office. Here we go. No way out. The birth of it here at Fall Brawl 97. Who knew? Weird shit goes on here. So it's Michael Buffer. <laughs> Michael Buffer comes in for a payday. Ladies and gentlemen, he tells the crowd, this is the climax of the evening. <laughs> this is the raging climax of the Raid. evening. Apparently it's a porn show and nobody knew. He says, honor, glory, and bragging rights are on the line. It's time, he literally says this, to set the stage of rage of war games. <laughs> the stage of rage. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 I want to play the whole thing in a second, but I, he, the thing is, he supposed the, 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 the tagline was the rage in the cage and he just fucked it up because he said cage earlier. I see. And it's just, he just fucked it up. Um, but I want to say this before we play the, the bit, there is no one who tells as great of a pre-match announced story as Michael Buffer. Oh, sure. Like, the, the weird little details that he gets in there. Yep. And, like, uh, does he plan it? Sure is he it does. Written, is it written beforehand? Yeah. Um, or is he, yeah. does he make it up as he goes along? No, yeah, it's definitely written beforehand. Right, yes. Well, I'm a, little, I'm a little disappointed. A little disappointed about that. But nonetheless, he, he delivers it so well. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about Michael Buffer, his facial expressions do not match his vocal delivery. No. He is always so subdued and bored, mm-hmm. but his voice is out there. Yep. He's a steady hand, but he's got a, yep. a boisterous voice. That's very true. Good observation. So, and he would take play. a lot of these uh, paydays in uh, 96, 97 for WCW. Sure. To make a nitros, particular nitros, seem bigger in certain pay per views. So, uh, sure. after he does his introduction, cue the pyro, the cage descends. Oh, I'm gonna play it. Though. I'm gonna play it. Let me play it for them right now. I'm oh yeah, let's it. do that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the climax of the evening here at WCW's Fall Brawl in Winston Salem, North Carolina. We are about to witness. An event like no other in the history of professional wrestling as honor, glory, and bragging rights are on the line. Tonight, it's NWO versus WCW. Four against four. 
two rings, one cage. It's time to set the stage for the rage of war games. Are you ready? Winston-Salem, North Carolina, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance here tonight and the millions watching around the world, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! So there you have it. Yep. Michael Buffer doing the intro. Cue the cage descending from the ceiling and pyro blowing up all around it. And music. Mm-hmm. Buffer reads our rules, seven periods, first period five minutes, all of are two. I, I love that the first period lasts as long as the Giant Norton match. I do, too. I do. Well, I don't love that the Giant Norton went that long, but I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Love the period less. So, uh, and then he explains the rest of the rules. Obviously, you go in until all eight have entered, and then uh, you can only win by surrender or submission after all eight guys have entered after their intervals. Um, Why Buffer, is Norton wearing jeans? I don't know. I feel like he forgot his ring gear. I bet there's a story about him losing his luggage or something like that or not showing up at the airport. But I don't Fucking know. Fucking loser. Um, oh, and a note, too. I'll mention it at the very end um, on Flair. Buffer's coming in the ring. Uh, coming to the ring, he says at this time, the New World Order Wrecking Crew. <laughs> he says, calling themselves the now ready for prime time players. The fuck is he talking about? Well, I mean, there, there's a. Uh, you know, the. The, the 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 original cast of Saturday Night Live was called the Not Ready for Primetime Players. Oh, I mean, I don't know what that. Why? I mean, I don't know why there would be an SNL reference. Maybe there's something more to it than that. But probably because Kevin Nash sees himself as some kind of like comedy true well, character. You know, I'm, I'm a fucking comedian. Huh. I'm really I'm the funniest guy in the business. Right. Just ask um, him if you don't believe him. The guy people come to see. Mm-hmm. It is that simple. Uh, the main event. So it's it's six. It's buff. I'm the draw. And then we get that sweet horseman music. Oh, I love it. And uh, it's time for War Games 1997 style. Buff Bagwell, Kevin Nash, Six, and Conan versus Chris Benoit, Steve McMichael, Ric Flair, and Kurt Hennig, who would make his way out despite the injury. Yes. You think... Um... You think Nash or Hogan ever respond if ba- if and when Bagwell texts them? No, I highly doubt it. Bagwell's such a fucking loser. He's yeah. such a fucking loser. He absolutely is. I love watching him get his ass kicked in the beginning of this match. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> Benoit really lays into him. He 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 keeps playing to the camera. Bagwell, there's a doozy later on. Oh my god! But I'm not gonna lie, Bagwell. Bruce Hart territory. I mean, totally. He's so fucking annoying, and he's so ugly, and he's so just like the antithesis of anything that I ever want to watch on TV. It's Buff and Benoit first. Buff bag face. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome wide shot of them. uh, He pisses me off. Stepping into opposite rings to start. Um, Buff, yeah, he comes to the camera and says, he ain't near as buff as me. Oh. Um, so, uh, Benoit, pinprick, 
pushes... One little pinprick, and you're a scrawny little bitch. Off into the, off into the ether you go. Benoit pushes Buff into the cage off a whip. Intense, of course, uh, as always, is Benoit. Tony, um, uh, Tony asks again, as he did earlier, and you mentioned, why no one is helping Team WCW. Right. Heenan responds by saying, I love this. Heenan says, we're not in control of ourselves. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but why isn't someone out here to help out WCW? Why did... I guess... I, I, like I said, Tony, we're not in control of ourselves. Wow. That's huge. That's profound. Benoit um, hits a suplex, lifting Buff into the fence and drops him. Uh, misses a diving headbutt, though. Uh, we want Sting Chance breakout. That would be the refrain yeah. throughout this match. Everyone thinks that's where it's building. Uh, Benoit takes a big backdrop over the ropes into the cage and comes down on his head. Pretty nasty angle there. Did I? Did you mention Bagwell slapping Benoit? No. Okay, good, because I'm going to say it. I said Bag- Bagwell slaps Benoit, and Benoit snaps like he's at home with Nancy and Daniel. <laughs> I knew you were going to. Only a matter of time. <laughs> Tony uh, learned that the coin toss has happened and that the NWO did win. Yeah. Um, he didn't said, of course, they got a two-headed coin, probably. That's funny. Th- thank you. Now you're going to fucking chime in? Yeah, now he's coming up with stuff. Jesus Christ. So that means the uh, one-man advantage is going to go to the NWO for the duration. Conan is next in, representing the NWO. Benoit um, says, fuck that. Yeah, he jumps off the top into Benoit nuts. and kicks him. Yep. Love it. What? Benoit with a snap vertical suplex on Conan, slams Buff Bagwell onto Conan. Uh, Buff kicks Benoit, doubles him over, and then Conan floats in from the uh, other side with a DDT spiking Benoit. Uh, Buff gets right in the camera and says, how about that? And throws up four fingers. What a fucker. About, you know what? How about how about I fucking put 17 fists in your fucking face? <laughs> That's a lot of fists. Uh, oh, fucking piece of shit. Mongo is in next. Runs wild. Three point stance. Three points. sick. Tackle on Conan. Benoit recovers at this point. Um, Bagwell uh, crawls into the entrance, other ring, knowing the NWO is next. So uh, he's getting as close to the relief corner as he can as Six makes the entrance, and Benoit's ready for this motherfucker. He lays into Six, sends oh, him all does. over the place. Hard he, chops. He's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Waltman goes for the ride. He's the only guy Fault really. Fault man. Fault man. He's the only guy really bumping like a crazy heel in this match. Um, Mongo lifts. In his jeans, nonetheless. In the street clothes. Lifts six into the cage ceiling, does Mongo. Um, Benoit briefly locks on the crossface. Flair begins to stir as his 60-second countdown starts at ringside. And holy shit, Benoit lifts six all the way over the corner into the cage. He, he picks him up and throws him all the way over the corner post. And six just, you know, the chips fall where they may after he hits the cage wall. Oh, my God. And uh, here comes Hennig down to ringside in his sling, what? nursing the arm. Very. Can I say, this was done... Poorly on every level. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he just walks down nonchalantly. No big deal. And the crowd doesn't you know? think it's a big deal that he's still no, showing up despite the injury. Probably because they're distracted by the match. Right. Probably because they just want to hear, want to see Sting. I'm so, <laughs> That too. But I'm like thinking to myself, why wouldn't they make a bigger deal out of this? Why wouldn't they wait? Why wouldn't they put Flair in the match? Mm-hmm. Put Nash in the match? And then, because it's still, you know, timed out for, let you know, he can still come down, let it build. And then, like, maybe a couple seconds after uh, the last period ends, he runs down. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They, they, they thought that building to the dramatic Flair and Nash entering as the two big stars in the match was a better move, apparently. I agree that they were probably wrong. But here comes Hennig. And if, you know, 
if the crowd isn't going to be interested in the Hennig twist, it doesn't matter who comes in what order. If that's supposed to be the big climactic moment and nobody cares, it's going to suck. Yeah, but, but the thing is this. This is why it's, it's better is because it, it's, that, it's a great turn. It's a better turn because you're like, oh, my God, he's actually here. He actually made it. He runs to the ring and then immediately turns on, immediately on turns. the horseman. Instead, he comes and sort of conferences with Flair at ringside, right. uh, tells him, I'm all right. Let me go in. Flair appears to be fishing in the sling of Kurt Hennig for something. That never comes up again. I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> I think uh, 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 I think Heenan said he put something – like. Did he put something in the sling? Right. Yeah, he mentions it even. I don't know what that's about. So Flair is in now. He's hey, no blood yet, by the way. No, I know. There wasn't a lot of juice in WCW 97. There really wasn't. Right. Uh, they kind of downplayed it. Um, they have um, Buffer introduce every guy, by the way, right before he steps into the cage yeah. to add some brevity, some, some uh, drama, some gravitas to the match. So Flair is in, obviously throwing chops, cooking, going crazy. Nash gets in. Nash and Flair tangle. Nash lays out Flair with a sidewalk slam. Benoit attacks Nash. Um Nash lifts slams, him and rams. Oh. Slams him into the cage. Like the lawn dart that he is. And then if that wasn't enough, fucking yep. X-Pac follows up with a fucking baseball slide into Benoit's back and into the cage. They really nail him. There's some oohs and ahs from the crowd on that. Uh, Nash into the other ring now. Puts a boot in Mongo's face. Um, Buff looks to the camera. Ha ha ha. We got him again. Oh. Come on. You know what we got here now is a three on one. <laughs> Four men. We got him again. That's right. Bag fail. We want Sting Chance. Six uses a f- the cage as a cheese grater on Ric Flair's forehead, as you have to do. Uh, Flair low blows Buff and Six. Hennig now you is You know what I in. wish I could do? I wish I could, t- I wish I could fucking <laughs> stab Bagwell in the face with a fucking number two pencil. You're not happy. Fucking hold him there and just make him bleed with lead poisoning. Sounds like you think he is not the stuff. Hennig is in He's now. Rough. Here we go. Here's your moment. Uh, Buffer says, all yep. eight men are in. Let the games begin. All eight men are in. But wait a minute. It's, he's not hurt at all. Hennig immediately removes the sling. Inside, he's hiding handcuffs. No pop, as he takes the sling off, by the way. He then pulls Nash aside. Everyone knew. Everyone uh, knew. Oh, my God. He pulls Nash aside to hit Mongo. And, oh, my God, the announcers act just completely guffawed and horrified. He throws cuffs to NWO members, jumps into the other ring, and just starts beating the shit out of Ric Flair. Shivani is disgusted. What is he doing? It's another. Handcuffs he, Benoit he, Mongo. He acts. He, I think he even says this was the most disgusting thing he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's acting... He's making a bigger deal out of this than Hogan joining, you know, yeah. being the third guy. He acts like this hasn't happened at least like eight times since the NWO exactly. formed with different guys. Uh, so they handcuff Benoit Mongo to the cage. Um, Tony just sits back and says, there's nothing we can do. The cage is locked. And then you see Doug Dillinger standing in the door and it's wide open. Randy Anderson is in the ring. Like door is completely wide open. Yeah. We can't get in fan- fans. We can't get in. Cause they got to set Door's locked. the concluding spot. Um, Tony even says fans, it's my job to watch this, but I can't. Hennig takes off his horseman t-shirt at this but point, rips it up. Co- doing commentary. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere, really. Uh, Nash, um, with the microphone now, says, let's hear it. Do you surrender? Puts the mic up to Benoit. He spits at him. Nash decks him. Hennig as well. Decks him. Uh, Nash goes over to Mongo. How about you, football boy? Do you surrender? No, no. <laughs> Buff goes, hey, Benoit, I know you want to say it. Say it, chump. Hits him. Uh, Benoit, uh, awesome. He's handcuffed to the cage. He puts his feet up. On the cage, trying to rip his arm off, if that's what it takes, yep. to free himself, yep. not happening. 
uh, but selling the desperation great. Nash then jackknifes Flair in the center. Six actually has to hold Flair's head up as he reaches the cage ceiling so he doesn't kill himself like Sid and Pillman in, uh, in that infamous war game spot. Um, so Flair goes for the ride. He's dragged to the corner. Um, Tony starts freaking out. What are they going to do? Take him out and throw him in the front row? No, not quite, Tony. Nash gets on the mic. Either Close. you surrender, he says, as Hennig positions himself near the cage door. Or old nature boy here gets a guillotine. Ooh. So uh, Mongo eventually sh- shouts out, you got to stop this. You can't do this. So they take that as surrender. They take that as conceding. So the bell sounds. And in 19 minutes and 37 seconds, the NWO, Bagwell, Nash, Six, and Conan are declared the victors over the four horsemen. Perfect slams the door anyway. He slams the door anyway. Pretty Bang. brutal looking, too. Pretty Pretty brutal. Sandwiches the head. Uh, quick note, uh, Flair actually was due to go in for cosmetic surgery after this. Um, a facelift, something just he wanted to have done. And so he does right after this. It worked nicely really? with the angle. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. And on Nitro, I believe that, yeah, the very next night, they show an image that they took of Flair's face after the procedure. And it looks like wow. this guy had his face blown up with C4 explosives. He's got the... Um, wow. The, the full-length surgical scar across the very top of his forehead from one end to the other, like Frankenstein, it's like, Jesus, how bad of a cut could you possibly get? Plus, his skin is all pulled up and yellowed and weird. It's ultra dramatic. And the very next night on Nitro, Tony Schiavone opens the show saying, you know, Ric Flair got me into this business. He was the encouragement that actually got me this job. And uh, after what happened to him last night, I can't do my job tonight. And he walks off the Nitro set. <gasps> pretty dramatic start to things. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, so they play that's it. That's crazy. So they play it out. Um, and um, and so that is, that's the conclusion. Um, they um, pose, they do the wolf pack signal, and uh, yeah. Nash I mean, gets on the mic and says, death of the horsemen, right in their backyard. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's they, your- uh, Tony cuts to the credits. Not many, uh, only one interesting credit this time around, which was... Uh, it's it it lists the librarian, yeah, whose name is Breeze. <laughs> and hey, what better note to end on Fall Brawl '97? Yeah, <laughs> they, they they did fall. The, the the final image is another ad for for Halloween Havoc, and it says order now. And I wanted to know, did your cable system allow you to order pay per views that far in advance? Uh, yeah, I think they did. I'm not sure oh, though. Did. Mine yeah. didn't. I I couldn't usually order until like at least the weekend of. Maybe order next week. Yeah. Speaking so. of next week. That's when we'll see you next here on the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast. Indeed. We invite you to holler. Thank you for joining us for the 1997 WCW Fall Brawl. We'll be back with yet another deep dive. Keep it locked. And is property of WrestleZone.com. Its content is intended for private use only.